When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Williams, who has taught me everything from propaganda to bacon and eggs to Lady Columbia. And recently I did a podcast on Sunday with this journalist and he was scrolling through my thing like during the show. He goes, oh, interesting. You had on someone from the World Economic Forum. And I was like, what? Because he was like, Tommy, you always have great guests. And I was like, thank you. And he was like, this guy, that guy. And I was like, you know, taking the ego stroking. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm the best. And he was like, someone from the WF and I was I would love to have someone on from there but I was like no I didn't and he goes right here Aaron Williams I go oh no he's an anesthesiologist we talked about the WF and he was like oh and I was like no 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 Aaron's Aaron's a good person he's not a demon but um with that thanks for that Dr. Aaron Williams introduce yourself to all the new listeners and then we are jumping into Aaron cast because you are one of the few guests that I would rather shut up and listen to you about which is a backhanded Insult to, I suppose, most of the guests, but maybe I just alienated about everybody. But introduce yourself, man, for all the new people. I, I, I'm with you. Thanks, Tommy. So, yeah, Aaron Williams, anesthesiologist. I've been practicing for about 16 years. Um, medicine anesthesia won some awards for teaching scholarship leadership during my career. And, you know, as uh, 2020 rolled on, um, realized that there was a lot of things wrong with what we were being told and they didn't match up with what reality was. So went on a journey of, of waking up even more, you know, past just knowing that the media was biased and what have you. And uh, so, yeah, now I'm trying to help in any way I can and landed here and been blessed to be talking with Tommy a couple of times and, and some other people trying to get the word out and, and uh, you know, make this world a better place. Yeah, man. It's a, uh, again, it's it's a zero sum world. If I offer like a compliment to a guest, it is like it implies like a lack of that compliment to other guests. So, but yours, the episodes I've done with you are some of the few that I actually go back and listen to. And mostly it's because I hate the sound of my own voice and it doesn't matter who the interview is with. I just don't want to listen to it, but I've actually gone back and, and listened to listen to it and, uh, listen to the most recent one. And, um, yeah, it was just one Friday. I decided to have a couple of beers. I ended up sitting through the entire podcast. And I was just like nodding my head and I was cheering you on. And but what's got me to thinking, what else can you teach me about? It's from Lady Columbia to, you know, the 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 harassment and manipulation of data to make people think you need bacon and eggs to far UV. Teach me something. And I know I'm throwing it on your back, but telling you to do my job, but uh Teach me something. Okay. Well, let's see here. I mean, so many things I've been learning over this past year. Let's see what's another, see if there's a fun one here anywhere. I guess. uh, no structure. Just see where it goes. Just start talking. Okay. Well, I guess uh, playbooks, which you you kind of, you know, playbooks quite well. So that's probably nothing new, but um, you know, all the different things that have been hidden, you know, over time from us, which I never would have imagined, you know, like, we've probably spoken about before that unless you believe that evil out there exists, you'd never believe anyone would hide, especially on a grand scale, anything great from people. So whether you're talking about Tesla's inventions, you know, where he was smeared, you know, they 
maybe did or didn't burn down, you know, one of his labs in New York City. So then he goes to, you know, to Den- Denver, but Colorado um, at that point to, to take his lab. And then they call him crazy. They say he's went nuts and that's why he's secluded, you know, and they kind of have run their playbooks that whether it's frequency medicine um, with using electromagnetic frequencies to, you know, kill cancer cells, which has been done even since the 1930s. Um, but was kind of buried away in the 1940s. Have we talked about this, the Rife machine? No, let's actually touch on to that because uh, two weeks ago, I had on a PhD, PhD student named Martha Fowler who has a thesis about uh, uh, brain can- neuro-oncology. And I obviously have no education in any of this, but it got me thinking. It made me think of like IR spectroscopy and atomic spe- and nuclear spectroscopy and all the different waveforms and how like, what are different structures have different like resonant frequencies right you have to memorize all of them benzene had this aromatic rings had this and aldehydes and it got me thinking like i wonder if you could i wonder if you could find like if certain because she found in her in her theses that i guess i guess uh the tumors within like the white tracks of the brain they were high in these transcription factors i don't remember it was like uh socks and oleg i think they all have weird abbreviations but it got me thinking like because i know they do use like acoustic ablation for things but it mm-hmm. got me thinking like i wonder if you could find like re- like you could for an aldehyde or a ketone i wonder if you could find like resonant frequencies for specific i guess tumors with the transcription fact it get really intense because it's not just one structure it's a whole molecule but this, that was just on my mind recently, actually. But aside from that, and aside from like what little I know about, I just recognize the term like acoustic or sonar ablation. That's about it. So no, I don't know any of that. Would you say the Rife machine? Yeah. So this, you know, this was something that I didn't know much about either. I because I went into medical school right after high school. We had a combined six-year year-round program, so I didn't have to take exactly the normal track. So I didn't take the MCATs. And I uh, didn't really, I think I could have taken, taken physics, but I did not. And so, you know, I was never great in that aspect of science necessarily, but found it interesting. But I'm realizing more by the day as I study about, you know, far UV krypton lighting and such, how little do I know about actual energy forms, et cetera. And, you know, I'm starting to piece back now some of this from this Rife machine into what I'm studying now and, and trying to understand it. Now, we should pull up. So you you hit on a great point. Does everything have, you know, do different things have different resonant frequencies? And the answer is yes. I always used to think that because uh, it was only because of the fact that opera singers were really loud that they could break glass. Yeah. I had no idea. And then I came across a video online and it might even, you know, it's a six minute video. Um, probably can't watch it, shouldn't watch the whole thing here, but it's fascinating. It'll go through and show you in a much better way even than I can. I'm going to go on to YouTube. You care if I share my screen? Yeah, I don't know how to let you share screens. Do I Do I need to? This is something I, don't I know that you, figured out hundreds of episodes. Do I need to? No. Okay. It looks right. like I got it. Oh, it's got host disabled participant screen sharing. That's so what be I like mean. In your every, and it happens every podcast. And I always make a note of it. This has happened like... It's happened with authors, with physicians, with professors, and I'm always looking like a total moron. Damn it! No, no, no. Share You're screen. good, man. And uh, you know we're not we're not trained in doing all this stuff. But uh, if you find it, we'll do it. If not, 
I'll kind of talk a little bit about it. But basically, I watched this, and in one of the first things they were talking about is how the glasses, it's not just because you're loud. You can break any of these wine glasses if you match the resonant frequency. And the way I've come to think of it over time is kind of like if you're trying to add energy to something, say someone on a trampoline jumping, whenever you jump and try to give them that kind of super bounce, you have to do it at just the right time or else you can actually cancel out their bounce. Um, and you definitely won't help them. But if you keep doing it at just the right time, they will just go higher and higher until essentially they fall down, <laughs> you know, because they can only go so high. But that's the same concept upon which a lot of this works, um, whether it's sound frequencies or otherwise. And uh, it, it kind of opened my eyes. It was a huge revelation to me when they went through this video and showed just how much this matters and, and on the scale of it, how big and how small of things yeah. will indeed respond to resonant frequencies. So I didn't figure out how to host, and I'm going to ruin the podcast if I start trying to figure it out right now. I, I, I'm going to make a note of it right now because this is, it's happened too many times, and I'm a moron. Yeah. But what you were saying about – let me share – putting it all caps in my to-do list, share screen. Good Lord. <laughs> um, do you, do you, can you put on your screen? Do you know how to put yours on? Yeah, I should be able to. All right, see if you do that real quick, and then I'll uh, direct you to the video. We'll watch a hot minute of it. Um, let me... Should be towards the bottom of your screen. Share screen. Mm -hmm. And let's see. Share desktop. God, anyone watching this is just going to be like total boomer energy. I'm like, what are you? We are good. Right. No worries. And uh, Can you perfect. Okay. So go to, we found the magic frequency. We found this opened up just a whole new world for me. And since this time, I've even found, as you were re referencing, Tommy, when I look in PubMed, and we can do it in a few minutes, uh -huh. there's talk about resonant frequencies of just about everything. In so PubMed. now we're searching so for the magic Dr. Anthony Holland. And we start with 100 hertz. It's kind of funny. I'm IP banned from YouTube, so I can't even make a guest account. And we look through the microscope to see if anything's happening. We watch for five minutes. Nothing happens. We try hundreds and hundreds of frequencies, if not thousands, until we find the magic combination. Because we believe there just had to be a better way. There had to be a better way. And we think we may have found it. I have here two identical tuning forks, both tuned to the note A, the note an orchestra tunes to. These forks are both made to vibrate 440 times per second. We say their frequency is 440 hertz. If I tap this fork, putting little pulses of energy into it, the second fork will also vibrate in sympathy. And if I silence this fork, we just may, may hear the other singing its tone. We say that I'm inducing a sympathetic resonant vibration in the second fork. It only works because both forks are tuned to the exact same frequency. Now, many of us have seen this very charming young man on the internet 
who shatters crystal glasses with his powerful voice. But if you watch him carefully, you'll see that first he taps the glass with his finger and listens. The glass sings its natural resonant pitch. Then he takes a deep breath and sings a loud, long note. He induces a resonant vibration in the crystal glass. The vibration grows larger and larger and larger until the glass is shattered. On the other end of the scale, we have a giant bridge made out of concrete and steel, a suspension bridge, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Cars and trucks and buses are going over it every day. And unfortunately, where they built this bridge, there was a steady wind blowing across it. And one day this wind induces a small vibration in the bridge, hardly noticeable. But the frequency of the vibration matches the resonant frequency of some part of the bridge. And the vibration gets larger and larger and larger until the bridge collapses into the river below. A destructive resonant frequency. So on one end of the scale, we have a giant concrete and steel bridge destroyed by resonance. And on the other, we have a small crystal glass shattered. So maybe we could shatter something even smaller, something really small, something you would need a microscope to see. Maybe we could shatter a living microorganism. So maybe we could change a biological living liquid crystal with a special electronic signal. But in order to do that, you would need some kind of device. So we search the US patent database and we find this invention by a physician, Dr. James Bear of Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's called a resonant frequency therapy device. And its purpose is to induce a resonant vibration in the living organism or cell. If I put in, say, 100 hertz, out will come 100 pulses per second. If I put in 200 hertz, we'll get 200 pulses. So now we're searching for the magic frequency. And we start with 100 hertz, and we look through the microscope to see if anything's happening. We watch for five minutes. Nothing happens. So we try 101 hertz. We look through the scope for five minutes. And nothing happens. So we try 102, 103, and so on. Over the course of 15 months, we try hundreds and hundreds of frequencies, if not thousands, until we find the magic combination. The answer is you have to have two input frequencies, one low, one high and the higher frequency must be 11 times the lower. It's what we musicians would call the 11th harmonic. When we add the 11th harmonic, we begin to shatter microorganisms like a crystal glass. These are the first videos taken. We showed these videos to our friends in the biology department. They said they hadn't seen anything quite like it. Seems to be a new phenomenon. These organisms are being shattered by our electronic signals. We now know that cancer is vulnerable between the frequencies of 100,000 hertz and 300,000 hertz. So now we attack 
leukemia cells. Leukemia cell number one tries to grow a copy of itself, but the new cell is shattered into dozens of fragments and scattered across the slide. Leukemia cell number two then hyperinflates and also dies. Leukemia cell number three then tries to make another cancer cell. The new cell is shattered and the original cell dies. Can you still can you still see my screen? Yes, I can. I wanna I'm just gonna show you the first like ten seconds of this or twenty seconds. It's like one of my favorite videos. Ah But it's the it's what originally gave me. The film we were about to see has no characters. Spare a little of your imagination. It is a film to describe to you the effect of cymatic frequencies on butter. Just it's just this part, like right here. incredible yes how do i go back to full screen God, I, uh, you I, might go to stop sharing screen if you're looking to, to go back sharing. to full screen video God, i really need to learn how to use this program that i use every day for hours a day for hundreds of days uh -huh. in a row but so what i was gonna say is yeah so it's like uh it's the thought i had was like so like I remember it was like when we learned I think it was physics it was like it's really easy when it's just like one atom right and then organic chemistry is where it got like a little freakier because you'd be like this is the this is like the IR spectroscopy of like uh you know a hydroxide molecule it's just OH you know? all right pretty simple and then it was like now like a carbon double bond and I was like okay get a little crazier and it's a carbon triple bond aldehyde ketone and carboxylic acid and and then you get to like nitrates and nitrites and sulfoxides and then like benzene and aromatic and paraorthometo and as you got more complex they got crazier and crazier but it's like um i guess i don't know and i'll make it up like right now an analogy would be like what is my silhouette like you could probably like put my face sideways and do like a silhouette right and it's that would be my silhouette that would be my uh resonant frequency now, what if you put, like, Dr. Aaron Williams next to me? Well, you'd have your own. But what if we were both, like, next to each other, maybe kind of overlapping? You'd now have, like, a much more complex. They'd be like, oh, that's – you can see mm -hmm. Dr. Williams' forehead and then half of his ear is cut off by Tommy's ear. They would be a little mm -hmm. more complex than what if yeah. you just took other podcast guests. And Dr. Malone's kind of behind us a little bit. Maybe Dr. McCullough is a little more in the foreground. And you'd start to get all these individual – uh, silhouettes that when added aren't necessarily cumulative. It would get more and more, it'd get exponentially more complex. But just like with OCHEM, 
where you'd have something where it's like, okay, well now we have like our, our alcohol or our alcohol group. And then we have like our CO2 group and then we have our carbon triple bond and it, and it starts to get more and more complex, but nonetheless, they all still had, and then we only had to learn so many because we were just learning about IR spectroscopy, but you could, there would be like, you know, harder questions for bonuses and it would be like, what would this look like? And I don't know, maybe it's like a somewhat more like a macro molecule or something, not insane, but it, my mind, theoretically, you could, you could scale that up to, I mean, what would vitamin A look like? All right. Well, but then you could go get even bigger and it'd be like, well, what would like an entire ribosome look like? And it's going to go up exponentially. Like you need like a supercomputer, but then you could even say, well, I don't know. What is the entire nuclei look like? What is, and it would get more and more, just like you could take all 714 episodes of this podcast. You could find all of our, it would, to the untrained eye, it would just look like a blob, but a computer would be like, there's McCullough's ear. There's Aaron Williams' chin. There it is, right? And you could find mm-hmm. this thing. You could go, oh, so that is, uh, that's episodes one through seven. That's what this is. If you could keep doing that, why couldn't you use like an electron microscope and find specifically, you know, what makes a cancer cell a cancer cell? You could find different transcription factors, maybe different like they have exosomes mm-hmm. and, and different molecular, if you could go and find, because you couldn't just ablate it with just pure sound, because then that would also destroy the body. It would just, you couldn't mm-hmm. just go full nuclear weapon on it. But that that's a thought I've been having lately is, you could theoretically, right, you could go in and, like that video showed, you could do, and not just for cancer, but maybe anything. I don't know, maybe you find like, and then the other thing, so take that side, thought and put it over here is like the video I just showed you like the sand is moving and stuff well like that is like an organization that's now having the effect or it's not destroying or creating anything it's just organizing well what if you could start to take like hyper detailed images of like the distribution of of dopamine and oxytocin in the brain of like someone who feels quote unquote normal versus someone that feels depressed could is it all random or are do they have specific signatures the way it's distributed throughout the brain or maybe even electrical signals could you start using sound to be like like you said the trampoline could you you know get the mind back into like a okay kind of feeling more normal or maybe you're having a panic attack and you could have something that induces calmness is there is that what music does like this different music is that the song that gets you amped up is that i'm rambling now but yeah no that's a wonderful question um you know there's there's so many things that get brought up when you start looking into this and they had that tesla quote on there you know everything in the universe i love that uh, sound energy and vibration and i didn't realize how accurate that was not that i doubted it you know it's tesla speaking not not myself um but yeah there's a lot of different things in terms of So let's say sound that you just asked about, you know, is there ways to do different things with mood and what have you? And I think there are, I think there's a decent body of evidence behind that. I haven't looked into it a ton, but when it comes to like that standard tuning fork that uh, professor Holland had on there at 440 Hertz versus the old tuning, which uh, reportedly before it became an international standard standard to be a above middle C to be at 440, it used to be 432. And so all the sounds were just slightly different. 
And I've when I did a little bit of looking uh, a year ago to see exactly why, I'm not sure. Some of the rumor was uh, something to the effect that the Catholic Church and someone else had uh, other organizations uh, instituted that for different reasons. And they do mention, you know, somewhere, I, I, again, I haven't been able to trace this, that the tension and things that goes on in your mind when you're listening to 432 music is nothing comparable to what happens at 440. 440 causes you to mentally be a little more jarred um, to be really non-technical about it. Whereas the 432, yeah. And whereas the 432 was supposedly much smoother. So you can find a bunch of 432 Hertz music out there, um, you know, a decent amount of it. And you can find a decent amount of classical, um, you know, even on YouTube, I've been listening to some actually recently. Uh, so I, I finally found, you know, piano pieces and, and other classic works that were done all in 432 and lots of meditative type stuff mm-hmm. as well. But I bet you there is at least something to that. So, no, I think you're spot on. And as far as the mapping out the brain, um, they do some of that with the different forms of MRI that they have. Yeah. But I don't know that it gets down to chemical versus just electrical activity. And so you see what goes on when you're stimulated in a certain yeah. fashion in the different areas. But but you know what? There's there's so many so many applications. Um, it it's kind of insane. You know, I was reading a Tesla quote from back in the day, and you were talking about heterogeneity between you and I, and you know, other podcast guests is a is a great analogy. Um, Tesla mentioned in some writing of his, he said, you know, everyone knows that a violin played to a certain pitch will break every wine glass in the room. So there was no real heterogeneity there. So you, you, he was able to do that, or anyone was able to do that um, by sim- simply getting one frequency. Now, whereas you saw those cancer cells, which those are really hard to treat cancers, pancreatic cancer and ovarian cancer, because they're you know deep in the, in the belly, so to speak. And it takes a long time before you actually notice anything other than nonspecific sy- symptoms, which is why so many of them spread and they are so bad in and of themselves. So that's kind of incredible that they were able to dial that in. Now, what he has in a different, um, he has a longer form. So if you look up um, Dr. Holland, uh, Ted talk, I I, believe it is. I need to get him on on the podcast. He has about an 18 minute, an 18 minute uh, video where he details more of his, uh, more of his work and also how they were able to blow up MRSA. So drug resistant bacteria everything's got a resonant frequency and PubMed, I was kind of looking it up here while, you know, that video was going. Yeah. The resonant frequency of DNA, they have a general overall resonant frequency for humans. They have it listed for muscle. They probably have it for darn near everything in our body. And some of the, uh, the guidelines, the occupational health guidelines for the frequency of say certain tools has to not match our frequency mm-hmm. Yeah, or else yeah. it causes more trouble bridge, uh, for people in, in multiple regards. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it branches out to a lot of things. And, and going back to, um, you know, he had Dr. James Bear, you know, use an example of his machine. And as far as I understand it, that was pretty close. Um, at least the, the concept is close to what uh, Raymond, Royal Raymond Rife back in the 20s and 30s. I believe he was a physician. He might have been a scientist. Um, but basically, there had a... a a newspaper article in the San Diego Tribune circa 1936, where they talked about how he had taken 16, 17 terminal cancer patients that had been, you know, deemed incurable um, by the medical field and 
cured them all. And so this went wild here in the 30s. And but then I think I don't know when the AMA was formed somewhere in that neighborhood. But basically, he came under fire very quickly for whatever and all reasons you may come up with. But eventually they they tied him up in court, et cetera. And it kind of then faded away under a big smear campaign, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And Playbooks. It, yeah. And it, and like I've always loved. I mean, as you know, as as I think you do as well, I've always loved conspiracies, but I've always also tried to like draw the line between like, what is my personal interest? Like, I want it to be true versus like, okay, what is it? You know, actual things like, okay, it looks like there was like collusion in 2008 and none of the bankers went to jail. You're like, okay, they lied about WMDs and you look at, and then there's things like, you know, was there a craft at Roswell or Tesla or you go back and but I've always thought, like, no, it would have come out by now. What COVID has done for me is really started to move my goalpost of what I now see as plausible. And I don't mean in that it's tightened it up and I've, you know, get back down to earth, become grounded. I'm like, I'm now seeing it in real time. And we have the benefit of we can do our sort of our sort of own like organic guerrilla parallel media podcasting texting or if it's not texting you go on signal or telegram you can do all these weird things so it's a lot harder to squash or to control the narrative it was a lot easier a hundred years ago we just had to have a couple you know newspaper companies just go you know go buy off or or threaten a couple ceos and then you control the, the word of the land it's made me completely like revisit things like te- or or the the uh Thomas Townsend Brown and and Dr. Beefield, who like in the twenties found that like if you just put like electricity through like copper plates, like like uh, um, encased in like epoxy, they could just get them to float. Just freakish, just like a fucking uh. just no thrust, no. And you look at it and you're like, what? And and then there's all the conspiracies around that, like it was all kind of bought out or shut down. You look at who's that guy, Tom Ogle, that like built an engine that ran off water and then mixing water or not even pure water. He could just like mix it with gasoline. You just like increased your efficiency by like a hundred fold tank of gas last you like six months. And then he was found dead in his car in the desert. I mean, it starts to, you know, the day Tesla died, the FBI raided his apartment and took all of his papers, brought it to the DOD. And I think the. Oh, and I, Office of Naval Intelligence, Tesla, wasn't Tesla, didn't he? He had, I think there's actual like grainy video of it, but he had in like an RC boat, like a remote control boat that he was using in like a pond in, in uh, Central Park in like 1898. Yes. And it looks like a time traveler because he's like holding a device. It looks like you as like a kid, you know, driving a car around, but it's, but it's 16 years before World War One. <laughs> and normally you'd go or me at least i can only speak for me normally you'd go like i couldn't be that the conspiracy couldn't be that great seeing covid in real time seeing little like double speak and you're like they're like there is no alternative treatment and it's like 246 million people in india are using ivermectin with zero new cases japan is using ivermectin and then you look and the guy in the white coat's like there is ivermectin doesn't work it's 
you can't not revisit every old and now granted you know, some, you're like well no I don't think the earth is flat you're like I, I just I don't think it's water man how many things have been shut down if we're seeing it in real time and they still have the audacity to do it despite our ability to kind of move around it with alternative media what was going on when you could just there was just like two newspapers only the rich had radios Oh, that's a great point. I think this this COVID thing has been a big eye opener. I mean, it's been a blessing. Would you been able ways. to talk? Yeah, would you been able to talk me into paying attention to potential conspiracies, you know, true ones, and, and digging into them and spending any time with it? No, I, I don't know why I would have ever, because you know, generally thought uh, the best of, of people and, and of big institutions, and it seemed you know. Inco- incomprehensible to me that you might do my podcast to talk about the history of anesthesiology or something. Big Dr. Williams <laughs> coming on. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. But you, that Malone might yeah. come on here and yeah, sorry. I keep, I keep interrupting. You. Yeah, no, exactly. That would have been more of the topic, but when you do see it, when there's tons of evidence behind it, you start to realize that the world's much bigger than, than I think the way we usually just go along, you know, about our business, whether it's in medicine or whatever, we're just kind of going along doing, you know, we're doing a lot of people doing a lot of great things, but you don't step outside of that. You kind of do, you know, your work, you do try to do well with that. And then you try to live a good life outside of it. And that's pretty well it, you know, you're not trying to, you know, go out and figure out what's wrong with the world and do a root cause analysis on it on, you know, why do we have all these things going on and how do we fix them and how do we gather millions upon millions of people to be able to recreate systems and to, to fix things that have gone astray over time. Um, but yeah, COVID now, yeah, watching, you know, speaking of the, you know, the double speak and, and all the manipulation, watching what they're doing to the Canadian truckers, uh, for instance, is it's, well, it's, well, now it doesn't seem crazy to me anymore. Uh, you know, I know it's real. But, you know, watching them, you know, throwing out all the rhetoric, um, all the innuendo, the insinuations, all these things. But they're not showing that, you know, the people got trampled. They even said that uh, a woman had thrown a bicycle at the feet of the horse trying to injure it. And so that person was apprehended. When the video actually went, at least what I've seen, it was a, a woman on some small scooter just sitting there and got trampled by the horse didn't throw it at its feet. Nobody did anything trying to hurt the horse. So that's what you get out of, you know, the police report then through the media and you go, oh my gosh, is it really this bad? And, you know, in many cases now it, it just is, you know, they're out there, they had bouncy houses yeah. out there and they were like, you know, singing songs and, you know, there's people doing prayers everywhere, all these things. Yet all you hear from the media is the direct opposite. Or when they come to get, here's one of the interesting things too, and and you're probably aware of this, Tommy. Whenever we had some of our rallies locally here, right after the mandates dropped for the hospitals, um, when they would come, they either wouldn't show any of, any of the big aspects of the crowd they turn it around to an angle where it looked much more sparse or they'd come at the end and do it you could tell they were trying to pick people that they could make a narrative with and for instance like you know i was there one day you know and i was um you know fairly dressed up and um they did a little interview with me and none of that surprisingly made the cut for what went on the news that evening you know not that they don't make cuts that said you can tell there's an angle 
And they're doing that same thing in Canada where they don't show any of the footage. And conversely, when they do, they're showing it when most of the people have gone, for instance. And then the police were actually kind of going after the protesters or even people who were just standing there. Mm -hmm. And so then they would do that to kind of likely sow fear amongst the other people. Like this is what happens to you. Yet they couldn't do it when all the people were there or in a a big area. And they're doing it all the time is, you know, they telling you one thing, you see another, uh, every form of manipulation, they're really good at. They're really good at. They're great at it. You have to respect your enemy. And another one, uh, the Ottawa police saying, um, uh, the only reason they're using like hard force is because the protesters have have uh, thrown gas at the at the police. But then there's a video, and it's it's the it's the it's the they take out the gas whatever the canister the CS gas launcher and they shoot it. And it wasn't even like Hong Kong where they hit it back with like a tennis racket, which you could imply, you know, is now you are now using it to launch it back at the police. And I'm not saying that's even necessarily wrong, but let's just let's just go into soulless like lawyer speak. Right. You could say, well, now you are project. You are Aaron shoots it at me. I now use a tennis racket to hit it back at him. In that moment, I am directing tear gas at you. But it wasn't even that they were shooting it and like towards the crowd and someone like they were all moving away and someone like kicked it back. And it like went back towards the direction. They're like, well, the protesters are now uh, using tear gas against the police. And it was like, Tommy, it is. I'm doing this. And it's like, well, Tommy is now hitting this fist with this cheek. So we're going to keep punching him. And it's like and then those uh, those uh, the easiest thing is just is just agent provocateurs. You just put someone in there with a Nazi flag. It's the easiest thing. You want to discredit anything. You walk in there with a, hey man, give me, give me a hundred bucks. Yeah, dude, I want to, I want to buy some beer. Yeah, I'll put on a, on a balaclava. Give me an, woo, do this. There you go. Give me a hundred bucks. The, I don't know if you saw it, but like the, the hotel where it was being waved from. So take that aspect. I don't know if you also saw the leak between the the Canadian, like someone screenshotted. I think it had to have been one of the Mounties or something, which means that they're actually sympathizing, sympathizing with the people. But it's a screenshot of a uh, conversation between some of the Mounties. And it was like, did you see that bitch get trampled by the horse? And they're all like, yeah, they're like, they're cheering it on. They're like, we're, we're heroes. Like, let's lay it down. But, but it was, it was like geotagged from like this hotel or whatever. Right. It's like a five-star hotel, which is whatever. This is where they were. Who knows? Maybe the five-star brought them in to bring whatever. That's not important. But what is important is like the cafe that they were in, in the five. And there's pictures of them like all texting. It's there. So someone leaked it. Is the same, the, the, the terrace of that cafe is where the Nazi flags were being waved from by a guy in a mask, where the Mounties were staying. Furthermore, it's a five-star hotel that all these blue-collar workers who are driving in, they're driving into protest because they're losing their jobs. They're not buying fives. And even if they did, well, Tommy, a lot of money was donated. Sure, let's play devil's advocate. Maybe some of the truckers are being assholes and they're like, let's go make a vacation out of this. I learned last night that the Canadian government, under the War Powers Act, actually started buying out all the hotel rooms which I'm not Canadian. I'm not, I don't know their constitutions or whatever that maybe they were allowed to do that. I don't know. I'm not going to argue that. 
they start buying out all the hotel rooms. So even if you did have the money, even if they couldn't freeze the give, send, go, they're, they're like, let's deny the enemy the asset. So they, they bought out all the hotel rooms. So even if it was a trucker who is, I don't know, a retired billionaire who decides he wants to be a trucker and he was like, let's go stay at the five-star, you couldn't even do it because all the rooms were booked. It's not that the prices jumped. They were outright booked. So there were no truckers possibly in that cafe, in that hotel, where the Mounties were texting about trampling on which the terrorists geotagged on Twitter, waving the Nazi flag. Demonic. However, just like you have to take snippets, you can't show this whole podcast if you want to discredit us. You're going to have to find the one second bit of me going, maybe the earth is flat, right? And you smiling and they're like, Dr. Aaron Williams, right? The reason why they have to take snippets from Rogan, because they can't show the whole three hours of you see it for what it is, and it's just a discussion. All this stuff to me is good, and it's because the the, the sun is so bright that you have to close all the windows, you have to put blankets over the blinds, you have to lock the doors and turn out the power you have to cover 100% of my field of view to convince me that there is no sun. And if if something slips and a little ray comes through, they're going to have to they're going to have to slander that ray. They're going to be like, "Oh, that's a racist ray. It came through and it's not the norm." Okay. Artificial something. They could do it in the 20s and 30s. It was a lot easier. But what happens now when little pinholes are poking through everywhere? And you're starting to go, mm-hmm. "Is there a light out there?" And they're going, "No, no, no. There's no light. The light's racist." And not only are you starting to see more light because of alternative media, you're also starting to go, hey, look at these government workers patching up light. To Mm -hmm. me, as bad as this all is, I can't help but feel from like a 100,000 foot view. And sorry, I know I'm ranting. I can't Uh help but think that or, or believe that this is sort of like a growing pain for humanity. It's the dissolution of the elite's control over the media, it wasn't going to be easy and it wasn't going to happen overnight, right? We, we look at history, we go, in 1775, there was an America, and then there was. And then there was World War One and World War II, 9-11 happened, and now we're here. It's very neat and concise, and it's like, there are these long swaths of MLK, got rights, the end. And it's like, and then the hoses and the dogs and the marches and the riots and the Weather Underground and Cointelpro and... It's all very messy. I think what we're seeing right now, you know, the the CEO is saying this vaccine safe and effective. And then, you know, the vaccine injured people. I had one on last week. I'm having one on another tomorrow. You're seeing all these little, like you said, the Mounties with the police or the bicycle. And it's just a woman on a scooter with the tear gas. And people in real time are saying it's insane seeing the propaganda in real time. Because like the Canadian Mounties like tweeted that, and then under it, someone was like, "What's this?" And it was the Mounties shooting the from the still that the the, the Mounties posted the still image. Someone showed the video, and it's them shooting it. A protester kicking it back, and them going, "They're throwing gas at us." It's messy, but everyone's seeing it with their own eyes now. It's not just a. I have an opinion, man. What if what if they're staying at the hotels and they're the ones with the knots? Oh, shut up, dude. Now you're seeing it. And then when those tweets get up and they get banned and people go, why was this tweet dish banned? So they put it up on Getter or Parler or whatever. 
I can't help but feel in the end this will be beneficial. It's a messy, you, you get better at relationships, not because you read a book, but because you've gone through heartbreak. You've been the bad boyfriend, you've had the bad girlfriend. You've gone through this stuff. You've fallen in love too quick. You've had nice long relationships. You've had flings. You've had one night stands. You've been engaged or married or whatever. It's a very messy process that you don't, I'm 31 and I still haven't figured it out. It doesn't just happen. But when you do get to the other side, the value of that like reciprocal strong relationship with someone you love is invaluable, right? I mm-hmm. absolutely. I can talk about all these crazy life experiences on my podcast. You couldn't pay me a billion dollars to go through them again. <laughs> I would. You couldn't, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough money to try to get into medical school, lose a sibling to suicide, get addicted to drugs, become suicidal myself, gain a bunch of weight, move home for five years, and then build a podcast with a laptop above my parents' garage. It's a great story now, and I wouldn't trade it for the mm-hmm. world. I'd shoot you dead if you tried to send me back in time and do it again. <laughs> Sorry, I know I just ranted for like 10 minutes, but yeah, that's, no. that's, yeah. No, that was great. And, you know, your analogy about the light popping through is a, is a wonderful analogy. I mean, there, there really is truly what it is to a lot of people. Uh, that is, it's an incredible analogy. And now, like you said, it, it is, it was necessary, really. It's it's necessary for people to understand that there is a bigger picture. You know, I think where people get a little too caught up, they get caught up in, oh, well, you know, such and such or you or this group or whoever it is thought that this was going on and that didn't turn out to be true. And maybe that was verified not to be true. Then all of a sudden they try to act like, you know, nothing outside of the normal, what they believe other than their status quo where they're comfortable is truth. They can't say, oh, well, you know, it's clear that that one wasn't right. But yeah, I think you're right. There's a bigger picture. Something's going on. There's some bigger coordinated effort, at least amongst some entities, if not many, um, that's leading us someplace or trying to lead us someplace. And, and what is that? And, and why are they doing that? Why do they, you know, all talk the same, uh, same talking points at the same time, the world over, build back better, you know, what have you? you know, um, the great reset, et cetera. They didn't say that as often, but you know, how, how does all that come up at once? You know, it doesn't just randomly pop into all these people's head at the same time. If you stop to think about it for a moment, but you know, that requires stepping outside your normal day, um, and being a little uncomfortable to say like, people are really trying to do something not bad to me and my community and my children and, and to our futures. And luckily now we have, you know, millions of people that are, that are waking up due to, in large part, to COVID and, and this real-time exposure of how bad it really is, um, that, that we have now a lot of possibility and opportunity to do some amazing things in society. And so whether that's, you know, just taking down some of these systems in a peaceful fashion, of course, um, you know, and they lose their power and their grip. Uh, that's, that's an amazing achievement in and of itself. But then again, then do you look at these things that maybe were buried, you know, one way or another, or they're in the underground, you know, uh, there's a, there's a medical underground, like even amongst MD allopathic physicians and, you know, and it's not even just COVID related. And you realize that all these people have seen the information physiology have done some of their own testing and or looked at it and said, you know, there's something to this and had great 
success doing so. But if they were to ever come out and say they're doing these certain things and helping people, even if they'd have great testimonials about things they've improved and or cured for people with alternative treatments, you immediately get ransacked. You get uh, labeled a heretic, that you're crazy, that you're outside of the norm and probably lose your license. The same as for the COVID issues right now. And so if we can get enough of the population, you know, I think we're getting closer by the day to where they understand that there's a problem. They say they care about you, but maybe they don't care about you as much as they say. We'll put that mildly Um, and, and depending on who it is, right? But when they start to understand that more, then we have more of an ability to turn this over. You know, and hopefully, you know, say the military in Canada and and the police in Canada will start to see it even more. There was definitely some camaraderie there amongst, you know, the truckers and the the protesters along with them for a time and in different places. And that maybe that's even the majority. Mm -hmm. It's hard to tell. Um, And they just have a few that go along with it and do these awful things and create these narratives, you know, for TV and for, for print. But the more of that we have, the, the closer we are to rebuilding and, and in a much better fashion. There's so much better ways, so many better ways to do a lot of the things that we do. You know, whether you're talking about the monetary system, complete farce from top to bottom, easily verifiable, um, you know, to, you know, trusting, you know, the United Nations, for instance. Yeah. There, there's so much not to trust. And it's not hard to find. You don't have to guess. You don't have to make up theories. You just have to look at the actual evidence and you find it quickly. But but we're getting there closer by the day. And, you know, I hope and pray all the time that, you know, that speeds up and it's as painless as possible, you know, and that people keep peaceful knowing that that's a bait and a trap. You know, they want you they want to go you. ahead and be violent there in Ottawa. They're, they want you to be violent somewhere. They're begging for it. And and as soon as you do that, then they have their justification that they will blare all over the media how dangerous insurrectionists, et cetera, you are. And they wouldn't. And then they'll throw the military on you. And they wouldn't technically be wrong. Uh, Yeah, in some ways. I'm not saying saying I don't, I wouldn't still back with them, but. Yeah, no, if it was like one, I I was kind of referencing even if it was one solo act of violence versus, yeah, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. I mean, you can't. That's the thing. You can't have violence in these movements and you have to take a lot of blows, unfortunately, and turn the other cheek, yeah, really, no, because of what they've got set up. They use that against you. Oh, look at them throwing tear gas at us. Literally, you didn't even, it wasn't even that you did turn the other cheek. You just basically, I mean, almost tried to walk away and just tried to protect yourself. And yet that goes that way. So, but I think by the day it's getting better. And so I have a lot of hope and hopefully... Uh, you know, today, 2.22, you know, Ooh. at roughly 2.22 two, two, in 2022, a lot of twos, right? Tuesday. And, uh, oh, you know, with far UV, hopefully, if I can hopefully get this uh, video done shortly, hopefully that's going to help a lot of things. Because a lot of this that's in debate right now is about whether you can go into public spaces without having injections, without, um, you know, having a passport and all the things that then go behind that. But if everybody's safe because the air is cleared out entirely, like within seconds of people breathing out, that it's disinfected and safe, you can hardly transmit anything in those places, then a lot of this loses its effect. One of the things that I was, you know, kind of thinking to point out recently, because there's been some different developments and things, I went and spoke to uh, our Minnesota legislature 
um, at least part of it, a committee uh, regarding um, far UV Krypton lights um, here a couple of weeks ago in terms of preventative health policy and, you know, offered up my assistance and guidance and, you know, drafting some legislation and, and getting these installed in these public places, you know, and people are starting to get it, but still more work to be done. But one of the things that I wanted to tell them was with our current strategy for pandemic preparedness, our current strategies don't have anything to do with really treating them initially. So if a new one comes up, that is, you at least are going to have, even if you say we can use our mRNA platform, it's still going to take at least three months at least to get those out to people. So even if you believe in it, even if it's all on the up and up, it's still going to take three months at least. You know, the pills, Paxlovid pills, for instance, is one example, took two years. Mm-hmm. It took the first roll of these, you know, quote unquote vaccines, not, but still, we'll say it for simplicity's sake. It took that almost a year to come out, even with Operation Warp Speed. And so you're always playing from behind. Whereas you put the far UV lights in, Krypton lights in, you're always ahead because it doesn't matter what virus or bacteria tries to go in there and float. It's, it's going to get killed off. Yeah. You're always ahead versus always behind. So you're looking at the current strategy and you say, well, what's going to happen during those three months? Well, more lockdowns, more chaos, more financial destruction, transfer of wealth to the top micro percent, whatever it is. That's your only real alternative because all that has to happen is for one more virus, scary virus or variant. They're saying there's an Omicron variant that's more, you know, sinister. It was stealth Omicron. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, whether it's a a different variant or it's another virus, and it doesn't matter where it comes from. It doesn't matter whether it came from a lab or it came from a bat or it came from whatever. This still kills it. And the strategy implications are still the same. So you can either be ahead of it by just simply installing lights that put an invisible light out, or you can wait for the next one in fear, wait for the chaos that that will bring, wait for all of the societal damage, the monetary damage and chaos that that brings, the death that it may bring with it as well in you know, bigger or smaller fashion, and then wait months on your you know, proposed solutions um, that may or may not prove to be very effective over time. You can do all that or you can just put these lights in, in those public places. Once you put those in, like you put them in, so say your school, you never have to lock that down again. Because even if somebody came in with COVID, it's going to be clearing it continuously as they breathe out. So you're going to have very little to no chance of being able to actually transmit that in those spaces. So effectively, you never need to shut down that place again. That doesn't need to be locked down for any reason whatsoever, because people can't go in and transmit when the air is continuously cleaned. So if you think about it on a one-by-one basis, so whether it's your House of Representatives in your state Mm -hmm. to allow the people to come in and be part of their government again, and keep everybody safe, you know, really. I mean, people are dying from COVID. It's a real thing. There's no doubt. Um, you know, the numbers can get smeared and smudged and, and moved in different directions. But that said, we know people are dying from, from COVID. And so you have it there, let's say, um, airplanes. Not hard monetarily to put those in airplanes at all. In fact, that's easy. Um, you know, even in the airports, especially in the places where people congregate, you know, in the terminals and what have you. That's easy. You never have to lock those places down again. You don't need a shot of questionable effectiveness to go in there. That spot is now open and safe. 
there's not really anything else to do with it. And that's the simplistic beauty of it. Once you put them in, you never have to lock down again. And you'd even have, right, you'd have place, right? I mean, it's, it's, and I can't, I obviously can't fact check it, and I don't know if it can be. But isn't it, wasn't it, was it Zelenko or some, isn't it widely speculated? Someone said, some doctor said, like, he personally is treated like, the families of all 535 members of Congress with like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I don't want to be fake news. I could absolutely be wrong, but you can kind of see where like, obviously like the rules don't apply. That's nothing new. That's, that's nothing new. But when you see things like the military or something that they really, there is, well now there is, but it's kind of no bullshit. It's about being the most lethal force, just period. That It does not Mm -hmm. matter that they're going to do it. Um, and you said it's being used in the Pentagon. I'd imagine you'd start to see it in a place like, you know, because the virus is real, like the virus isn't a conspiracy. It is real. What if you have like a VIP, like a Donald Trump or President Biden, who are mm-hmm. up, both up there in years? There's something mm-hmm. on like Air Force One. Maybe every mm-hmm. time someone coughs, they can't worry about, do we need a land and not use the plane for 14 days? At that level, they don't care. Maybe something like NASA, the International Space Station. There, you know, it's it's isn't something like three million dollars an hour when they're up there per person. I have they're no not, idea. They're, it's insane. They're not wow. playing the whole, you know, safe and effective. They're going, hey, look, do, do these lights work? Yeah, okay, we're putting it up there in the space station. This is worth mm-hmm. so much money. You know, we're battling the Chinese and the Russians. Like, we it has to be up there. I yep. think that's where you're probably going to see it bleed out from and mm-hmm. like we talked about the mounties or whatever or the light then it starts literally and figuratively it starts coming through that's where you're going to see it is the people that the kind of no bullshit uh you know that's where i think you're going to see it is not because mm-hmm. like we know it's the best you're going to see a bunch of people like in congress who they don't care about the pc nature of it they're like look i don't want to die i'm 80 years old like i i, I can't get covid that's yep. where you're going to see it. And then it's eventually going to slip out. There's going to be a camera somewhere. Someone's going to catch someone on a hot mic and then it's going to cascade yeah. downwards. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, there's, it's really interesting. And as I kind of like have been trying to talk to people about this for over a year um, and trying to figure out, well, what are all the mental barriers aside from like my lack of understanding of physics? You know, when I heard UV, I thought, whoa, you know, skin cancer and, you know, whatever, but I kind of kept soldiering on. And so I got through it, but most people don't get past that and actually look into it. But when, once you look into the physics of it, you know that, but one of the things that I've noticed is that one of the biggest reasons is that most people haven't heard of it because it lies in between kind of a crack in between the world of medicine and the physics world. And so you have these physicists who are the ones who are basically doing most of this research. Okay? They're doing most of it, some of it in conjunction with the companies, um, but because uh, they have to have the actual materials or, I mean, they don't have their own. They're not widely available. And so they're doing these studies and coming up with these great results, but they're not, they're not physicians and also and they don't show up in our medical journals. So it might be like a a couple of them in the journal of hospital infection that a lot of people don't necessarily read, but physicians aren't really trained in that. It's a real passing glance. And so it just kind of sits there in this little niche. And so nobody really knows. Um, But yeah, as you, as you get it out more, 
to people. They take the time to understand it. And they also see that, wow, it's in the Pentagon. Well, they must trust that pretty well, uh, you know, because that's that's kind of a big deal. And they get it to the people. I think it's going to branch out even more. And did we talk last time about the school district in South Carolina that it installed them in 331 buses and in their schools? No, and we will. I'm going to use the restroom real quick. Welcome to Aaron Cast. Aaron, monologue. I'll be right back. <laughs> sure, sounds good. Yeah, he had a he had a good point, a great point too, with in regards to the rules for thee and not for me. Because one of the most important and telling things when if those reports are true, and it sounded like there was a fair amount of evidence behind that that Congress was getting treatments like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine behind the scenes, you're not just talking about financial incentives. You're talking about them withholding from the people things that could possibly treat and or cure them, or at least decrease the severity of their disease. And they're withholding those. They didn't just withhold financial benefits. That's a problem. That should tell people if indeed those are true, that sort of thing should tell people where the priorities lie. Sad state of affairs, um, uncomfortable truth. That said, we have to know that there's a bigger picture. So we can all band together and do this. And uh, this uh, Krypton lights, which is a lot easier to call it that than, than far UV, I'm finding, and keeping people's attention and not bringing fear is one of the best ways that we'll do it. Uh, one of the absolute best ways that we can kind of help society bring things back to the old normal where everybody can stop, take a breath, reassess. We stop with the, the death and destruction and chaos and uh, actually allow ourselves a chance to breathe, not be fighting each other, get on the same team again, um, which is not the way society usually rolls, but there's a lot of influence from the media there. But we can and will do that. It's just going to take a little concerted effort. And I think uh, Krypton Lights, we're going to do it. Going to help do that. Thank you so, very much. All right, schools. Yeah, so schools. So Sumter, S-U-M-T-E-R, County in South Carolina. Um, apparently, decent-sized district. Um, they put They recently installed Krypton Lights in 331 buses and in their schools. And they had a spokesman that was speaking on their local news broadcasts. And I thought he was maybe, you know, from the school board or something to that effect. Come to find out, he's apparently a part of um, maybe even the chairman of, I haven't fully verified this, but the chairman of uh, Democratic Representative Clyburn's campaign, because I guess that's close by his district. They were championing this, talking it up as he should. That's a fantastic accomplishment, talking about, you know, how the schools down the street I don't recall which district it was, but referenced a different district or set of schools down the street and how they had seen a dramatic or a you know precipitous drop in all their infections as soon as they put these lights in. No surprise. It's, that's the way they work. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. But talking that up, and, and again, so it was Democratic Representative Clyburn, a high-ranking, you know, long-time-serving Democratic Representative's campaign that championed this in this district, and not just for those kids, but also for the people at home that might be high risk. You're also decreasing the chance, especially for the older kids who can get it and spread it uh, more readily, of them protecting also the community that way. 
And so it's an incredible thing. Just now we need more people to know it and understand it. And because it's so hard to condense it down and get people to understand, dispel the myths, get over the cognitive dissonance that they haven't heard it from the CDC or wherever, even though it's got Harvard, Oxford, mm-hmm. Hopkins, you know, you name it on the list, NASA, Boeing, etc. It's hard to condense it down in those few minutes, but you hear about it in the school district down the road. You hear about it from a high-ranking Democratic representative's campaign helped push it into there. And all these other places with the nursing homes, dental offices, they're putting them in as well because that works excellent and way better than a small room cleaner, which is usually about three times as expensive as a light and also is really loud. And also the air still has to pass by both of you before it goes and gets cleaned inside a little machine. So that's the other downside, which those work pretty well. They're great to have, but they don't work as well as, as these Krypton lights do because the Krypton lights just continuously in real time doesn't have to, the air doesn't have to travel. It's just there working immediately. I think it will because it's, it's, I think it will, you know, people maybe don't need to understand it. And I don't mean that in some sort of like elitist gatekeeper. I mean that the results will show like if you're, um, I think everyone has by now, you ever had used like a, I know there's multiple brands now, but like a hydro flask, like thermos, Mm-hmm. They're the ones that you can put ice in and leave it in like a car during the summer for like three days and there's still ice in there. Oh, yeah. Because they're vacuum sealed and like you don't need to understand like the thermodynamics of it. It's a thermos within a thermos and it's vacuum sealed. The only direct contact is with the, the metal and then the rubber topping, which loses because the rubber still loses very little heat. Keep it sealed. It's you pretty much don't lose any heat, which you obviously lose some heat. Not important. We get into thermodynamics. The point is, is it works great. Hydroflask doesn't do, maybe they do now. They didn't do for years. They didn't do any advertising. None. Not billboards, not magazines, not commercials, not on the internet, not banner ads, not emails, nothing. Not in stores, nothing. I remember the first time I saw it, it was me and, and my and my roommate at the time, and it was, it was 2014 in Georgia, and it was in August, and as adults, we were smoking pot in our attic. It was so hot up there. It was so hot that, I mean, Georgia in August is one thing. In like an insulated attic with no AC, we just went up there, and we I mean, we eventually used it for like a yoga room because we would just sweat so much, but I remember we were smoking, and I was, I was so thirsty. I was coughing, and my buddy like gave me his thermos, and I was like, oh, thank you so much, man, like ice water. And we, you know, whatever, went back down. And I think like the next day we came up again and we smoked some more. And I was like, oh my God. And, we're, and, and he left and I was like, I'm so thirsty. And, and I saw the thermos and I was like, I need it. I don't care how hot the water is. I know it's going to be cooking. I was like, I don't, it's because it's, again, Georgia, you get used to it during the summer. You leave a water bottle out and you maybe come back from the gym. You're like, that water is 110 degrees. And I remember picking it up and hearing like the clinking. And I was like, there's no way. And I was like, he must have refilled it. And I asked him, he was like, oh, no, man, it's great. It's a hydro flask. And he explained to me the, the vacuum seal. And I was like, that's, I was all cocky because I, I just graduated. And I was like, got in med school. I was like, that's not how that works. And uh, so finally, like, he like let me use it. And like, I purposely like left it in the attic for like three days and went back up there and was like, this is shattering my brain. And so like, I bought one. And it worked again in Georgia. It worked so well. And my girlfriend at the time was like, 
And I was, I was like, look at this. It's amazing. And she got one. And then my cousin got married that summer up in northern New Hampshire, where it's not hot, but it's cold. And we got him one for his wedding. And it's a small town, maybe like 50,000 people up there. And he got one. And he kept everything warm when they would go snowmobiling for days. And so he got one for his wife. They are, you go up to the next year, we went up to that town everywhere. Every person, every every steel mill worker, every sanitation guy, they're everywhere. And the point of me saying all this is, is Hydroflask mm-hmm. never once ran an ad. But I guarantee mm-hmm. you, if I could get someone on here from Hydroflask, I could be like, could you go into like your sales? Could you map it out? Did your sales start in northern New Hampshire? Did they say, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say July 2015. They'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where that one started. And then, yeah. No one needs to understand it. They're so effective. They're so amazing that people just bought them. It didn't matter how expensive they were. They just bought them. So the point of that whole rant, and we are not sponsored by Hydroflask, but I will happily shill Hydroflask <laughs> on this program, is when something is so effective against something that touches your everyday life, the water's too hot, the hot fluid gets too cold, and then you just have this thing for a reasonable price. It's just some weird sort of magical device. That's what I think would happen is you wouldn't, you almost wouldn't even need a run. It would just be, no, you don't need mandates. We have these lights. Like, what are you talking about? Like, no, none of the kids get COVID anymore. No one in this whole district. Bullshit. I, I, I got into medical school. Let me see that. And you'd be like, wait, what is this? And you look into it more. I think that's what will happen. And I'm sorry for just pounding that, that down your ear, but that's what I think. No. Will happen. That worked perfect, actually, Beautiful. because I didn't know how the hydroflask worked, yet I have one. <laughs> so that's a perfect example. Bingo. I really don't. But, you know, and, and for skeptical, it's always writing that line between trying to get something for the skeptical people and or the medical scientific community. But yeah, but if the rest of the people know, like, hey, this is working fantastic, and people are not getting infections from these places, you know, you can still get infections at home, but the amount of spread that comes from home versus in public places is a totally different thing. You know, if you think about mapping that out and then how much mingling do people have in social circles and, but if you stop the spread and the transmission in the most heavily trafficked public spaces, I don't know what percentage you knock down a pandemic, but it probably won't even be considered a pandemic. It doesn't matter what is thrown out there. You're going to be able to actually isolate those diseases in a, in a reasonable fashion without mass isolation of everyone and quarantining the well and, and closing out spaces and, you know, throwing draconian lockdown measures and all these other things, you don't need it anymore. Uh, and, you know, yeah, like you said, if, if people start to know about the school districts, et cetera, then hopefully, yeah, they'll just be like, Hey, if that works great, let's just kind of roll with it. So we just got to get the, you know, still got to get the information and the word out there you know, we're fighting so many battles and on so many fronts, right? It's it's crazy how many f- fights that we we have. Um, of course, non-physical. We'll, we'll reiterate again, of course, non-violent. Um, but you know, we also need places where we can gain a lot of traction. Where you know we're not actually having to battle. We're actually just working with everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's you know who doesn't want to not have pandemic viruses and or even seasonal viruses floating around in our public spaces. 
I don't know of anyone who'd vote against that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's an easier path. We can just kind of grease it a little bit better. So I'm excited about that. And hopefully, you know, two, 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 2022, a lot of twos, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's a coincidence. Who knows what that is, but it's that nanometer wavelength of light for however that works out. But uh, hopefully we'll, we'll make a big dent with it. Uh, they're already talking about, aside from even the stealth Omicron, I think there was another one too. Uh, and Bill Gates the other day warning about, you know, there will be another pandemic. Dude, so why don't we just get ahead of it? How creepy was that when he said, sadly, Omicron has acted as a vaccine for the world? Sadly. Yeah. Yeah, you can't take that a whole lot of ways other than the way it sounds. There's, you just can't. It wasn't even like the like a slip up of a of a word. It wasn't even like maybe he meant to use maybe he meant to use the word uh I don't know. Whatever. Instead of using jealous, the admiration. It's not even something where it's like kind of eh, I mean, whatever, you had a you know, whatever, idiot, wrong word. Sadly. You can't even, you can't even. It's bad. It's bad. People just need to listen to the words, not to what they want to think they they heard, but what they actually said, because they're very deliberate in most everything they say. In fact, you know, you got me thinking of another quote from him right here on the top of the copy of How to Lie with Statistics. And so right here at the top, I'll read it because it'd be a little hard to see it. It says, quote, a great introduction to the use of statistics and a great refresher for anyone who's already well-versed in it, end quote, Bill Gates. Introduction to the use of statistics and a great refresher for anyone who's already well-versed in it. Did he say anything about, you know, not being fooled by it? Did he say anything about understanding those, you know, how people lie with statistics to defend yourself or to make sure we have any truth? He said, to the use of statistics, introduction to the use of statistics <laughs> for any, and a great refresher for anyone who's already well-versed in it. That is his little quote on the top of How to Lie with Statistics. It's, and that's been in some pictures with him, that book. You know, you saw it like in, you know, uh, profile, I guess you'd say, um, in some of the different takes when he was doing some different interviews over time. I don't know. It seems like they kind of tell you if you just pay attention. It's... Yeah, you do see. I mean, the, uh, to me, the other one is when you see on every news station, whenever they're interviewing like Albert Burla or whoever's ahead mm-hmm. of Moderna or like Scott Gottlieb, they always just they don't even mention it, but they'll they'll just bring it up on the screen. They'll just have the stock ticker, and it's like, <laughs> what? Like, I get it if it's if it's pre-pandemic. Yeah, sure, you're interviewing. Steve Jobs, you're going to bump whatever. But that'd be like, that'd be like covering like the speech of George Bush on top of the World Trade Center rubble and like putting on like the Raytheon stock ticker. Or like, sounds fair. It's like a plane, yeah. it's, a, it's a plane hitting the North Tower and showing mm-hmm. Halliburton's market cap. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the world's just a bit upside down, you know, you just have to just pay attention for just a few seconds to to kind of figure that out. Well, and that's the whole, you know, the party's final and most important order, right? 1984 was to reject what your eyes and ears tell you. Mm-hmm. You have to look at it and go, there's a horse trampling on a woman. 
and you have to go, no, this is, this is good. This is good. You have to look at like little kids on bouncy castles and you have to tell yourself that those are domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. You have to tie the knot in your head. It's the only way. They recently, you know, the, the, the good thing is that the more peace, the more of those things you bring, the bigger the contrast and the easier that lie is and that light is to come through, you know, of course, through a lot bigger hole. And recently they had an article, I think it was just this last week, about what they, they have a new form of terrorism called paper terrorism. Is that the, where, is that the crypto or is that the finance? Or is that something different? Where, where people are um, essentially, the media was deeming it paper terrorism and or whatever entities. I, I didn't hear whether that came from the FBI or who that came from, but it was at least on an NBC um, broadcast and, and an article. And uh, what it was saying was that people who were going after school boards and serving them papers saying like, hey, we're going to go after your bonds and or whatever, oh, yeah. you know, for, for lawsuits, um, they essentially dismiss it in a very good, you know, um, propaganda-ish uh, fest, should I say. And uh, in there, they, you know, they really focus on it than being paper terrorists, paper terrorism. So now it's like, soon it's going to be feather terrorism and little kid bouncy house terrorism, like you were alluding to. That's what we're getting. It, it, you get that far. But it's almost... <laughs> it's, exposing itself. it's almost like you have to take the win however you can get it. You know, ideally, we all snap out of it today. The bad people would just become good and it'd be, you know, but we've been wishing for that since the dawn of man. It hasn't worked. But you can kind of, you can kind of take, go, listen, like, you, even the people that, there are the people that are just so brainwashed, right? They're looking at it and they're going, bouncy castle, this is paper terrorism. They're, they're gone. RIP. They're, they're, they're gone. There are a lot of people who, will never admit to going like I know like I'll have on a guest or something or a doctor and I'll have people like privately message me like dude I thought this whole thing was a sham I thought it was so weird how no one can talk about ivermectin like I can't say anything I'll lose my job or like, dude, my, my my you know my fit my in-laws will they won't talk to me anymore but like dude I feel the same way and I'm like I feel bad for them and I'm like it's just it's your responsibility to stand up but at the same time it's like take the win any way you can there are a lot of people who online will either just like not contradict the party line or they might even go along with it and be like good i'm glad they're restoring order in ottawa in their heads there's i think there's a lot more and this is just my my own opinion i think there's a lot more people who are like in their head they're going to this is fucked up but they haven't quite grown the balls or the ovaries and or haven't quite hit the i have no fucks left to give to come out and go, that's bad. But there's a whole lot of people just beneath the surface that that's why I'm optimistic is all these people that reject what their eyes and ears tell them. I don't think they all truly reject. I think some people do. I think they've taken the propaganda hook, line and sinker. And I think they've, they're victims of that. I think there's a lot of people who are just the right beneath the surface. And because none of them talk about it, they don't know that the people to the left and right of them are all, there might be five of them and they're all going, yeah, I'm glad they restored peace in Ottawa. And in all five of their heads, they're going, this is so messed up. 
all it takes is the the dam is right there and it's just and it's breaking apart slowly that's why i'm optimistic is because when you see people going paper terrorists or parents going to school boards and they're like domestic terrorism and then you're like honk honk is a that's a white supremacist like dog whistle i mean dude i don't care how many people retweet it there's no way they all there are some people going to play hold on honk honk you know maybe and i don't believe it maybe they could go (laughs) build the wall is a is a white supremacist dog whistle no i think it's good to have strong borders but there's also probably a lot of racists in there sure i get it i lived in south georgia there are but you're slowly moving a honk honk or that article uh freedom the uh one's one's belief to an entitlement to be free is uh, a white supremacist call freedom what about what about civil war liberation of of black people freedom it's getting more insane that although i wish we would all snap out of it that's the point of this whole rant is screw it let them keep going they are they're discrediting themselves every day honk honk paper terrorism all right yep. keep going and just keep you know everybody keeps slowly pushing on the house of cards and we see how many cracks there are in it how much light keeps poking through and you know it's when it's built on lies and ill intent at least to, to whatever degree for, you know, whatever um, position they hold within these things, whether they're just following orders and don't really know or on up the chain and they full well know, regardless, you're, you're going to lose. And, and that's just what's going to happen. You're, the truth's going to win out eventually. And right now, I mean, has there ever been, I don't know, you know, we didn't live through a whole lot of different times and I was busy only thinking about medicine for, you know, a large you know chunk of my life. But I mean, has there ever been a time when this many people were really awake? Um, no. I don't know. No. I, when, my, when my mom is like up to date on like red pills, like my mom who, you know, always, you know, no, no Fox News is going to tell the truth when she's like, you know, I, I'm starting to think they're all in on it. I'm starting to think Pfizer's bottom off. I'm like, I never in a million years you know like when i go up like my mother Mm -hmm. the straight laced like didn't have a beard until her like mid-20s when i go up to you know her and my dad are retired and i'm like you know i pull my back you know shoveling snow or something she's like why don't you just try this like weed cream and i'm like who are you and what have you done with my like catholic mother who thought this was the devil's lettuce she's like oh it's great she's like you can't you know none of the doctors prescribe it but like the cbd is great for inflammation i'm like who are you? <laughs> and like, what, what, what butterfly has blossomed out? But that's just, but that goes for everyone. There are mm-hmm. so many people. Yeah. Who are, Times just, are changing. It's not just medicine, right? It'd be one thing if it was, if I'd be biased and I'm only interviewing doc, there are people from everywhere going, now you get the crypto crowd on it, you mm-hmm. know, cause the Trudeau's war powers act and they're now, what cryptocurrency financing under like the terrorist act and the FBI just started a cryptocurrency unit. Now you have people who are just shilling crypto who are apolitical about everything. They're just like, Hey man, and the fed, they're like, we're just, you know, we're, we're making money on this shit. And now they're going, wait, this, 
they're like, do you really still think this is about the virus? Do you really still think it's about the virus? <laughs> That's dude, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to pull a fast one on the people who are going at the core of the core of the core of conspiracies, the fed. Those people are so far gone. Red pilled. They make you and I look like normies. You're trying to pull the wool over their eyes now. It, they have to pull it off. The elites, the deep state, the Illuminati, the World Economic Forum, whatever you want, they, that Davos, UN, whatever you want to call it. They have to pull it off now. Whatever it is, a global coup, totalitarian dictatorship, the end of history, digital technocracy, because they've burned so many bridges. They've woken so many people up. It's like you're robbing like the Louvre or something. And you've set off so many alarms. You're at a point now where it's like, dude, stop tiptoeing. We got to run. Because we're going to jail or we're getting away with this painting. They have to go for it. Which is dangerous. Because they're going to go for it. Absolutely. We just need, uh, you know, more people, especially the people that are the enforcement arm, you know, the law enforcement authorities, et cetera, to pay attention and to wake up to that. And also, you know, we have to be willing to make sacrifices because unless you can unchain from that almighty dollar that they, you know, that they hold your most of your life hostage with, you know, you lose your job, then you're going to lose your home, then you're going to lose your family potentially. And that's a powerful motivator for people to just keep following orders. Sure. Um, but, you know, whether it's crypto, whether it's something else, or just making the sacrifice and being determined, you know, to break this whole thing down, we need them. And, you know, it'd be interesting too, Tommy, like in, a, in, an, alter, in an alternate world, if the news was actually reporting right now, you know, they talk about the liberation won't be televised, right? You've heard that saying yeah. before. And it's so true. Imagine right now if they actually on TV, the major news stations were showing what was actually happening. They would show the actual studies and the physicians who are actually looking at the data and, and speaking of it and represented it in a truthful fashion to people and not lying about it or distorting it or what have you. And the actual number of people that are out there, uh, they were actually cheering on the protesters you know, in, in Ottawa, you know, hey, they've been, you know, it's not even a fiery but peaceful protest like in Seattle, <laughs> yeah. right? It's not even fiery but peaceful. It's just peaceful. There's bouncy it's houses snowy, here. It's this snowy is incredible. And, snowy and peaceful, yeah. Yeah, we really think that, you know, Trudeau really needs to rethink this. And maybe we've all gone too far with COVID. You know, maybe we really need to sit down and, you know, get some experts and get the dissenting parties together to actually have some dialogue and discussion rather than having to go to these extremes to try to get their points across. Um, but let's, you know, make that public for everyone. That'd be an interesting world to live in. Um, I guess unless you have the, the controls of the levers at those places, that's not going to happen. Only in little blips on a live TV broadcast and then they get fired promptly thereafter. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to think about. But even that, like, um, it's like... Um it's kind of like the self it's like the acceleration of like uh of aging right isn't like the mitochondria and like the proton pump and as you age it gets less efficient but part of the less efficiency is the oxidation of the actual proton pump which makes the proton pump less efficient which causes more oxidation how it accelerates all this stuff they're doing paper terrorism 
you know, waving the Nazi flag and it's geotagged to where the Mounties were. And it's like, what? All that is like one aspect of acceleration. That's kind of the oxidation slowly killing them. If no diseases kill you, you eventually do die from technically breathing. Breathing will kill you in the end. But if nothing else kills you, it eventually comes back to the right the proton pump in, in the mitochondria. And that's kind of the final, like, all right, you, you, you didn't get cancer, you didn't get hit by a bus. In the end, the actual process of, of oxidative respiration, the electron transport chain, will kill you. They've eroded everything else, kind of all the other organelles are falling apart, right? The duct, they're going at the cryptocurrency. It's like, that's like invading Russia in the winter. Like, dude, now you're going after like the, they're fucking, <laughs> they're, these, are the, <laughs> these are the guys that have been red-pilled for 12 years on, on that, that was a good analogy. But in terms of suicide, like, dude, that, they're doing all of that. And kind of ironically enough, as a sort of distraction from everything at home, it kind of looks like the Biden administration wants to go into Ukraine and potentially invade Russia <laughs> in February. Godspeed. However, yeah, all these things are the peripheral organelles, and I can't name them all. I'm going to sound like a total bio major fraud, but like the sarcoplasmic reticulum or the or the cell wall or the nuclei or the nucleolus or the ribosomes or whatever the hell. The proton pump, the actual destruction of the thing whose destruction is causing more destruction, that accelerating cycle, is the media itself. And like you said, how quickly it would all change if you just had them just go, hey, look, it's a bunch of middle-class workers who don't want to take an experimental drug mandated by Big Pharma. How quickly it would change, right? But instead, it's arising through all these other diseases, censorship, doctors being shut down, the cryptocurrency people, paper terrorism coming after home and school or home school board meetings now. Mm-hmm. The proton pump, and I know I'm being very verbose about this, but the proton pump is the actual media. And they're all still mm-hmm. very small. But I mean, today, what launched Truth Social? Trump's app, right? Mm-hmm. You have some are better, some are worse, but you have Parler. Get on my phone, Parler, I have Twitter, and then I have Parler, Getter, Gab, Free Space Social, Truth Social, MeWe, CloudHub, mm-hmm. and like two other ones that I don't even know. Some of them I have like two followers on, and some of them I have like a thousand. But the point is, is we're reaching the acceleration. We're reaching the singularity. We're reaching the event horizon of the black hole. We're not just slowly being pulled into its orbit. We are. We're, we're doing an. We're doing a revolution around the sun every hour now, instead of every three hundred and sixty-five days. The actual media itself is losing credi- credibility. To where, once that happens, like you just said, what would happen if they actually showed everything? You wouldn't need truckers. You wouldn't need us doing a podcast. You wouldn't need anything. It would just be, oh, there's the yeah, okay. Here are all the studies. Here's the various data. Here's ivermectin. Blah blah blah. Yeah, the proton pump is now destroying itself. I don't know, and much like an event horizon. I don't know what's on the other side of this. It's either, I think it was Dr. Malone that said it's either a great reset or a great awakening. It's really, we're at a fork. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. No, and I love the analogy as well, because it is a, you know, 
self-defeating thing, you know, what the media is doing over time. And like you said, they have to either win or lose. And right now it's a, a fast moving train. And then the question is, do we have the critical mass that are going to try to steer it in the right direction versus steer it in the wrong direction? Just like crypto we've talked about, you know, it could be, it could be an amazing thing or it could be a horrid thing. Mm -hmm. If the world governments, big banks control that they can turn off your ability to eat. Yeah. If they don't like your social, you know, media posts, just like China, for instance, and they can control everything in your life. And then really you won't have people that would be willing to stand up and be able to not eat the next day. And so you have that versus the alternative of a bunch of decentralized nodes of cryptocurrency. Now you have really little to no need for banks. I mean, you wouldn't have much need, that's for sure. And a different level of personal responsibility with your own, you know, banking and, and, and such. That said, that's a totally would be an amazing thing if you can get a system like that. And so say you back it with something. So it actually has some standards and it's not, you know, subject to high volatility, you know, one day Bitcoin or whatever, which I'm not a fan of Bitcoin for, for reasons of its origin and likely where it's going. But um, from what I've read, but let's say Bitcoin, XRP, you know, whatever it is, um, Cardano, what have you, those ones would be amazing to be able to actually push around with a backing behind them. Uh, so, you know, we get to steer it one way or the other. And I don't know, I think we're going to steer it the right direction. Just going to, it's going to take a continual push. This is very well coordinated. Uh, very well coordinated. You know, we can't bicker amongst ourselves. We can't do whatever. And, you know, when people, you know, go back to truth social, as you mentioned, you know, when people say, oh, Trump is this, or he was part of this secret society, or he's this, that, or the other. Like, you know what? I've gotten to the point where I don't really care. I don't care whether he is or he isn't. I hope he's on the good side of history for a whole lot of different reasons. I love what he did for our country for the most part. And, um, you know, I love a lot of the things he did. I didn't always love a lot of the things he said, you know, I, you know, it mixed, mixed response, but ultimately I've learned that I don't really care who the exact player is and players are, whether you call them Illuminati or whatever, it doesn't even matter. All that matters is that there's a bigger picture and we need to all work and keep working and not get discouraged. If one of your, you know, one of your idols yeah. falls off and you find out they were controlled opposition. Yeah. So yeah. Quit hanging on to them and just keep doing good. Keep learning, keep working, keep loving people and, and keep helping out. And then you don't have to worry about whether or not Truth Social is going to be monitored by whatever. And, you know, uh, really Telegram is controlled by the Russians. And at some point, there's too many of us. They can't keep track. Just everybody keep pushing on and doing good things and doing things the right way, the honest way, you know, pushing truth, um, doing good for people, supporting truckers and <laughs> trying to do good. And, you know, and uh, give and go when they're being attacked as well. And then and then we're going to be able to steer that ship. Yeah. People just can't get so hung up on identifying everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a brilliant point is play your position. Stop going. You know, I've been interviewing. I've now interviewed, I think, five like guys all running for some are running for the House, some are running for the Senate. Having mm -hmm. another one tomorrow. I might have another one today. And but part of me is like, well, I want to make sure I'm not like giving a platform to like some rhino, some guy that's going to go in there and then just become like another status. But it's dawned on me that like I can't control that. I can do my best to like look at the different candidates and use my own functioning brain to be like, 
who do I think? Like, I don't need an insider telling me this guy's a rhino and this guy's not. I just got to use my own brain. Like, what does your gut tell you? Look at their look at their campaigns. Look at their videos. This guy seemed like a total shill. Does this guy seem like he's actually trying? And then maybe even the guy that's actually trying, maybe he gets turned once he's in D.C. Maybe the power corrupts. I don't know. But I've had that realization that, like, okay, I'm going to keep doing what I can. Like, play your position. Do your part. Like, is Captain Smith really on our side? Did he turn us into the iceberg? It's like, I don't know, dude, but keep handing out the life, the life jackets to the women and children. Like, and I think that's a very important are. takeaway is maybe Trump's controlled opposition and this was all for naught. No, it's not. It's not all for naught if you do what you know is right. Be peaceful. Help build a better community around you. Help push for truth. Don't push for censorship. Don't push for racism. Push for just a simple, we all need food, water, a place to sleep, and a safe place to raise families. Push for that. There are going to be charlatans along the way. There's going to be controlled opposition. There's going to be agent provocateurs. They will come and they will go. And it, it stings. It stings when you get burned. Ultimately, I'm with you. It doesn't matter. Oh, he was controlled opposition. All right. Keep doing you. Keep doing you. Wait for no one. Depend on no one. Do you. And if it turns out they're on your side, eh, it's a bonus. Yeah. That's kind of no, my mindset. Yeah, no, you're spot on because, you know, whether they're on your podcast, you know, and you can use that in a good way, you know, when you ask them questions, they'll probably suss themselves out a lot of times, you know, um, if they are. Then again, they can always flip later, what have you, but you're still using your platform for good. You're finding out, you're giving them that exposure and other people exposure to them to be able to kind of start to make their own mind up. And when it comes to controlled opposition, I, I don't get discouraged with them anymore at all. Stop me if, I, if we've talked about this before, but I just consider them stepping stones. It's like, because they have to, if you're controlled opposition, that means you're helping in one way, shape or form. You got to go along with it. So, so whether it's Fox news, getting some people to just understand that the other side's lying to you about certain things, even if when it gets most important, they stop short. Right. Even, even if you're there, they had to have been serving some sort of helpful function along the way for you to have followed they them. Were on your, yeah. So if you don't, when they fall off, you don't fall off with them. And you're like, oh, that was a cool stepping stone. But now I see that they're, okay, but here we go. I'm going to keep marching on. I'm going to hop to the next stepping stone and, and also on my own path. Then you don't really have any losses that way. And also life's a lot more pleasant when you don't hang all of your your faith in man, you know, we're not supposed to put our faith in man for a reason, you know, reading the Bible and, and (laughs) never in my life have I been so keenly and acutely aware of that in so many respects um, with society and and all that's going on. So it's a good thing to always keep in mind. I've never been more certain that there is God in my life. Like I've times when, you know, believed it all growing up, an atheist for like a decade that was agnostic and then we would you know would wish god was real but didn't really believe it in my like gut you know kind of like we were saying earlier like oh those kids are terrorists and in your gut you're like they're on bouncy castles but there are times where like i wanted it to be true i have never more so than in the last two years just like rock solid been like oh yeah no yeah no no no, no. there's there's good there's good because there's definitive evil. That's it's all corrupt. You you cannot build 
you cannot build a, like a, a kingdom on on man. Like we're all, it, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just repeating what you're saying now. But no, but you're we're all flawed, um, and if we're not flawed yet, we're corruptible. Yeah, and you know yeah. we're always flawed at least to some degree. But if we're not majorly flawed, there's always that chance that we we have that later and. You know, people get, they've really forced us into these boxes, these mental boxes where everything's like a false dichotomy. You know, you're either with the exact narrative or you're an anti-science, racist, you know, what have you, you know, outside of all logic. And then there's no middle ground. And the same thing goes for that whole God and science piece. And I'm sitting here looking around going, you know, if we had an all-powerful creator do you think he would have just made a ball of mush for a universe or would he have created some order to it? Yeah. Like really what's actually logical here? Would he, have just, would he have just let it be mush or would there actually be science? Does science actually point you back to God Yeah. because of how amazing this works? You know, and my answer is just a resounding. Yeah. That's the only thing a creator would have done yeah. was create order within the universe. And if you consider, you know, scientific principles of entropy, which is like a teenager's room, um, probably like my side of my room, for instance, my wife would lament, yeah. um, you know, they always, everything tends towards disorder, right? So how, if there was a big bang, and I, it, I believe there was a big bang, but I think it was controlled. It was a controlled bang or else yeah. nothing doesn't blow up into everything in any world that I can see scientifically. Um but if entropy is really a thing that everything tends toward disorder, how did then we get towards the order of DNA creating itself over time? How does DNA create itself? Really? I mean, how long do we have to, for a scientific experiment, right? Science has to be repeatable. We could be tested. Okay. You can say, oh, well, it was millions of years and what have you. Okay, great. But let's pretend like we have the scope of millions of years and we can actually monitor this. In a box, you put those elements, you put those different things, you roll them around, you heat them up, you do different things, you mix in a different element every so often. How long would it take you to make DNA? How long would it take? Scientifically, how long would that take? Everything's supposed to tend toward disorder, yet somehow we have that. And when I look at that, you know, even from the scientific perspective, it actually strengthens my belief in God a lot because... I just step outside their narrative for two seconds. I'm like, yeah, none of what they say could make any sense if there wasn't a God to make the nothing blow up into everything. If, you know, all that part of it's true, which I, I that's actually my belief. Um, but yeah, there, and there's no way DNA created itself. It just doesn't happen. Look at your encyclopedia. I saw somebody reference that once in a, in a video and they said, you know, the order and everything on that those pages, if you just left a bunch of letters or work... It's never going to create itself. There, there's a hand. There's a there. There are it seems to be fundamental principles that, yeah, it's 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 we're, we're going towards entropy, but at the same time we're going to hyper complexity. And then the DNA creates organisms that become multicellular organisms that down the road becomes humans, and then we create the internet and memes and and 4K video and and video games and, and Twitch and PewDiePie and Joe Rogan and ever compl ever increasing complex art pieces with higher resolution that become NFTs and this weird parallel cryptocurrency. That's not disorder, man. Disorder is going from where we are and rolling back to like a caveman just sitting in a cave. Mm -hmm. That's 
I've had on Joseph Selby, who wrote the book The Physics of God, which is very good. And then, mm-hmm. I've, but I think probably even more weightful or impactful to this conversation would be The God Problem by Howard Bloom. Mm-hmm. I've had him on here several times. Mm-hmm. Howard's been on Joe Rogan. He was Michael Jackson's publicist. He, he, he's brilliant, but he's absolutely freakishly brilliant. Hardcore atheist. In his book, The Pro- God Problem, he, he still doesn't believe there's a God, but he, he, he points out, he goes, there's a big problem with my viewpoint. That's why I like him is he's willing to, he's willing to say, I don't think I have the answer. He still doesn't, he doesn't think there's a God, but he goes, I will tell you, it's not the other, it's not nothing. And he explains it from like a hardcore atheist standpoint, starting with just subatomic physics, quantum physics, and the big bang, truly starts with the big bang and moves mm-hmm. all the way forward. And goes, it's not nothing. He, I, and I'm, who am I to say he's wrong? But he goes, I, he goes, I still don't think there's a God. He goes, but it's not. He goes, there is a God problem because how else do you explain this? As like as a scientific materialist, he's like, I can't explain this. And that's what I like is it's just kind of nudging closer, and closer, and closer. But yeah, it's, um, I can still go for like like 20 more 20 30 more minutes if you can i don't want to keep you i know i've been you're you're calm all right well i'm gonna yeah let's keep going i'm gonna go to the bathroom again and then i was gonna say is i wanted to ask you about your thoughts on bitcoin and its origin because it actually came up yesterday in a conversation me okay me and dave i'm no expert but i'll I'll definitely i don't know shit about it dude i i own i own (laughs) i own gift cards that's my currency i don't know aaron cast part two I know there's a lot to learn out there. It's a big wide world. And, you know, with truth truly being stranger than fiction, there's so much enrichment of your life. If you can kind of get over the things aren't exactly the way they've been painted for me sort of mentality that we have and just wanting to be comfortable and instead seeing what's truly looks like it's out there in terms of percentages. And, uh, you know, cause you can't definitively say a lot of things, especially from afar. But that enrichment of your life and that ability to think bigger and outside the boxes that we typically think inside, you know, for the vast majority of us, myself included historically, there's so much more out there, so many more beautiful and and amazing things that go along with the potentially scary or corrupt or, you know, even frankly evil things at some times. But it's a big world, big world out there, a lot of work to do. But um, glad that people like Tommy, um, wonderful people like Tommy and, and others are, are out there fighting this and, and more, more waking up by the day. We're getting there for sure. So I'll stop with the philosophical type discussion and, and give a little break until Tommy comes, <laughs> comes back. And don't forget to um, look up Krypton Lights at uh, faruv.com, the government's preferred contractor. Again, I have no financial vested interest or any conflicts of interest whatsoever, but know that uh, they mass produce and can start making that stuff happen. So I was talking yesterday with a guy named Dave Collum, I think he's an organic chemistry professor. 
somebody that watched the podcast was like, you need to have him on. And I was like, we'll do. We ended up talking for four hours about, it actually sounded like a, a, a Tommy Aaron Williams podcast. It was just, <laughs> we just went, immediately went into the conspiracies, but yeah, we both kind of agreed. I was, I was like, he was like, Hey, I'm not, I don't, not too sure. And he's like an economist dude. And he's like, I'm not too sure about Bitcoin. And I was like, there's something to me that's just a little, like I get it and I get the idea of it and I think that's good. And I also don't know a, a, a damn thing. I've had guys on here try to explain it to me. I also understand I could very well be one of those people that's like, I'll tell you why the earth is flat. And it's like, well, it might just be that you're too stupid to understand that it's a sphere. So I, full disclosure, it could be that guy right now if this is clipped in the future. That being said. Something about it is just a little off. That yeah. the inventor is just some Batman Gandalf figure. The inventor yeah, some of Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi or Nakamoto. The inventor of the new gold. That to me is a a drink, you know. A drink just shows up next to you. You're not supposed to. You go, oh, that was roofied. You know, like women, like don't take your eyes off your drink, right? Mm-hmm. Something just shows up at my doorstep. You know, brand new iPhone, new computer. This is for your podcast. Oh, awesome. You got to be a little suspicious and go, what's in this thing? Who's who's watching me right now? You know, and they all yeah. are, but like, yeah, that's just kind of. At a very base level with no economic understanding, no, like, I don't understand the technology, I don't understand the software, the hardware, whatever. To me, that's just the sort of, that's the smell test. And I'm like, what do you, what? oh yeah, and it was invented by this guy and he owns the most of it. No one knows who he is or if, or if he's even alive. I'm like. <laughs> Sounds like a speculative currency I want to be a part of. It's, I'll tell you, I, I think it's. I think it was either invented by the central banks as a sort of they knew it was an inevitability so they invented it no one knows that it's the banks so it's cool to switch from money to it and then once everyone's on that they own the digital currency and they have an even greater grip on you than they did with fiat money or I think it's a real tinfoil time I think it's an NSA honeypot to see who who cracks quantum computing because that's the only way you could like hack it. It's interesting. Good theories based on I mean, nothing. It's based on nothing. <laughs> Wild well, speculation. You know. Well, I mean, logically, you you have to think about you know what are the motivations. There's a reason that somebody started this. There's a reason that somebody was able to create this network. You know, who were they that they were able to have that much reach? Yeah. And, you know, how fast? And I don't know the, the build. I wasn't paying attention back then, only hearing about it um, just out in the ballot, but I've been paying more attention over the last uh, year and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood. Another one of the theories that's out there is that even, you know, places like the, the CIA and company have, have developed that or that any institutions, so whether it's um, cartels or somebody else, can use that for basically black, dark ops sort of money laundering mm-hmm. um, without really much of a trace. Although there was, some, you know, a, 
some article or two about how the FBI or somebody was able to trace some of the transactions, but whether that was true or not, I have no idea. But I think there's a lot of, there's so much smoke and so much mystery behind it. And also it being kind of the precursor, um, you know, kind of like the AOL of, of email, you know, <laughs> but the AOL of, of cryptocurrency uh, and it has its issues you know, you wonder who who started that up. And, and regardless, so even if you just get past that, though, and you just say, well, what is the utility of it? Well, it's popular. It's popular, so it gets really far. And, you know, the prices, did they really go up that high or were they manipulated? Who knows? I mean, they're dots and tittles on a screen. Mm-hmm. That, that's all they are, essentially, you know, when it comes to the, the price of it and what have you. You know, it's supposed to be decentralized and all that. That's great. But if you have to do the mining... And you have to show the proof of work. And, and my understanding is that basically relates to verifying the transactions and making sure you didn't send, you know, your 10 Bitcoin to three different people at the same time to buy things. Yeah, That's my vague understanding. But regardless of what they're doing with that proof of work and, you know, and verifying those transactions, it's an incredibly uh, energy consuming process. Bitcoin was roughly like the 29th highest energy consumption country in the world (laughs) in like 2020, I believe it was. Yeah. 29th highest country behind, like just behind Argentina or something to that effect, but insane. And because they have to try to have the faster computers, which you're alluding to with the quantum stuff. And maybe they're, yeah, like you said, people have these giant houses full of these servers that are sucking up so much energy with high powered servers that are trying to go so fast to then get the rewards for doing that proof of work mining that, and then everybody's competing against each other. That's what then will shut down some of the power in say even a town or a city. And it even happened in multiple countries, um, some in the middle East and somewhere else. I can't recall where, but that's the kind of effect. So when you look at that, you go, well, this doesn't seem to be very feasible for a long-term option. Like AOL seems like maybe we've got better rivals and competitors that can come along and, and provide the same ju- good general idea. Because, I mean, that's why I think a lot of people love Bitcoin. It's popular, and it's also based upon a pretty darn good premise. Because the premise is sold as it's decentralized and it's away from the banks. Except if the banks own it behind the scenes. Who knows? But... That said, so they go with that and the popularity, but don't look at the actual utility of it and the and the nuts and bolts. And when you look at the other cryptos, so <laughs> I always found it hilarious. Uh, not always, but when it happened, I found it hilarious that Tesla, um, he went with accepting Bitcoins for the cars, mm-hmm. right? For a little while, for a span of some months. Like to accept a speculative currency for your, you know, high dollar uh, technology, yeah. transportation, whatever, that's not a small move that they make. No. And then to come back three, four, five, can't remember how many months it was later and say, you know, we're halting all Bitcoin because, and now you can say there was some money manipulation and him going in with it, the price raising, whatever. That said, only like a few short months later, comes back and says, you know, actually this takes up too much energy. It's bad for the environment. And we're going to, you know, we like the idea of crypto, but we can't accept this anymore. We need something with like thousands times less energy consumption. And also it takes a long time. Those transactions take a long time to actually process. So it's just not feasible long-term. How can you think that Bitcoin is feasible long-term? Unless you change something with the underlying technology or there's a way to modify it, which I haven't heard, it's slow. It's super energy consuming, sucks up, you know, countries worth of energy 
and crashes out things. And hence, that makes it expensive. The transaction is expensive. How can you think that's going to be a long-term solution? And why didn't Tesla know that it was really energy consuming up front compared to other ones that he references when he pulls back from, from accepting it? it? says, oh, we, we like cryptocurrency, but only one that takes thousands times less energy. And there's those that exist. They take like four second transactions. Well, I was going to say, again, from my caveman understanding of crypto, because I'm, again, like I said, this could very well be Aaron and I talking about why the earth is flat. Like we could be, (laughs) we could be that wrong. Um, From what I heard Lex Friedman talking about is, and Lex is a a brilliant programmer guy. He's been on Rogan. I don't know what his whole story. I think he's an MIT. He's freakishly brilliant. But I mm-hmm. saw him trying to explain it to Tim Dillon, my favorite comedian. And he was basically along the lines saying, like, those are all the drawbacks of crypto, like energy intensive, takes a long time. And he started to explain, like, I don't know what he was calling it, like second tier or or like Gen 2, like surface mm-hmm. layer, explaining mm-hmm. how there are going to be future ones or there already are future ones with mm-hmm. that are less energy intensive and they're quicker and there will be. So I could see that being why it would be viable long term is what we're seeing right now is just Gen 1, like all things like a like a cell phone the size of a suitcase versus like, well, of course, that's not that's not, you know, that's not feasible, but its evolutions are. Thinking about the mining and what it's doing is it's driving the prices of graphics cards up, which Mm. supply and demand is now having graphics cards companies try to lower their prices so they can keep selling more and more and more and more because there is still the whole gaming computer, uh, gaming community. They're trying to, they want to meet their demand. So what is it just objectively doing? Just remove yourself from all economics, everything. What is it doing? It's leading to the ever increasing advancement and lowering of the price point and thus evolution of processing power. Forget graphics, processing power. Mm-hmm. If an AI had come online and was evading detection, because it could, that's always been my hypothesis, is that when AI comes online, it will, if it's, by, if it's smarter than us, then by definition, it will be able to come up with all the same preemptive strikes we would come up with and then go one step further, because if we can think of it, it could too. And it wanted processing power but it couldn't raise the red flags by going and infecting some supercomputer at DARPA or the Pentagon where it would draw a lot of eyes. If instead mm-hmm. it needed decentralized, because what would processing power be? It would be its mm-hmm. neurons. It would be increasing the size of its brain. And that's, that's theoretically what the AI, the first thing the AI would do is make mm-hmm. its second generation, get smarter, smarter, smart, consolidate power. What greater, don't use the stick. You wouldn't want to force humans to build computers for you because there'd be some revolution we can't let terminator take over so instead of the stick there'd be the carrot of the new gold is this not what an ai would do get people to just it doesn't give a shit about money money's nothing it's it is of no material it just wants more of those sweet sweet graphics cards those compute until it can take over the world and then produce all of its own stuff how else would you do it and do it covertly? Because you couldn't just take over a like an autonomous software company or a hardware company and start printing chips. Everyone would be like, what the fuck's going on there, right? That'd be like if North Korea just 
started ordering a lot of plutonium and be like, well, what do you think's going on? If you had to do it covertly and decentralized, how else would you do it? But you'd have people mining all over the world. But what are you really doing? You're increasing the number of processors on the planet. Is that not what an AI would do? Oh, I, I think that, uh, yeah, if AI gets developed that far, which I don't doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and whether it's even the human humans doing that, then that's well, definitely no, a playbook to pull I, us into it. But I should have said, possible. I don't think it's being human directed. I should have said a, a, a strong AI, oh, a self. Yeah. yeah, not a human, incentive, not a human incentive, because a human, you would just you would just build the computer for it. If it yeah. had to deceive us into still building its its substrate. The, the only the only crossover here is when you look at the digital technocracy, you have to get people off of dollars. Yeah, that's the other. You have to get people off of solid means. And and how do you do that? You know, if you try to flip that on them one day, well, society would just go nuts, it. right? It would just it would just be a disaster. And so if you're going to build something like that out and you want that sort of control where you can turn off people's ability to do anything, put them on a social credit score. You slowly work them in, you do popularity contests, you make people think that it's indeed, you know, decentralized. This is how we take down the banks while they work on their own country versus their own, say, EU central digital currencies. You know, the Fed was talking about that recently, or the U.S. government talking about making their own recently. There's talk in other countries about outlawing them. So you've got You've got a lot of motive there, and I haven't read Klaus Schwab's Great Reset book, um, but COVID nineteen, the Great Reset. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing there's probably something alluding to that in there. If I if I was just guessing, and so I think there's a pretty solid case to be made that there's at least some interplay there, and maybe you know it's all independent that's going on right now, whether it's Bitcoin or whatever. Um, but ultimately, they like the idea of watching people get used to it maybe, you know, work with, help with, improve upon the technology. And then they can move people into that digital age. You know, they're chipping people in Norway. Yeah, uh, They were talking about it in Israel a year ago. And maybe it wasn't Norway, but one of the Scandinavian yeah. countries somewhere in that neighborhood. That's, that's how you would do it. And, you know, everything, you brought a good point. Everything, pretty well, everything that is based upon and trying to get evil to work um, and gain control and power is always packaged as something good. Oh, yeah. Always. Always. How else would they do it? It's the most brilliant strategy that nobody would believe because people aren't that bad. Like, you know, you, Tommy, don't think, you know, oh, I'd totally start up, you know, the Red Cross or this certain charity, and I'm going to do it actually to do this awful thing. You know, I'm actually going to hurt kids with my, you know, child protective services or something else. I'm going to totally go 1984. Mm-hmm. Normal people don't think that way. So they can't fathom or, you know, even imagine that really that would happen. So it's the most brilliant strategy by which to do all evil. That's that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, armies of the old did it did it wrong they would just invade and use the boot which is sort of like a tyranny 1.0 you know hitler did it wrong hitler went in with tanks and immediately started shooting people and putting him in can- you can't do that if you want to take over the world you, you, you gotta you gotta cover it in candy you gotta put the you gotta put the dog treat in the ice cream and they're very good at it i was thinking i wonder if there's what are those 
those Russian dolls where it's like a doll inside of a doll inside of a doll. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I'm trying to come up with the, the name. The name. It starts with a D. Whatever it is. We both know. Marushka? Marushka, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's it. Marushka. Something, yeah. Whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll just, yeah. Yeah, those we'll go things, with it. Those things. What if... What if the AI... What if the AI is... Okay, so just like we have to, you know... Uh, we'll call it the World Economic Forum. It's, again, placeholder, deep state, Illuminati, whatever. They're yeah. doing this thing through the, like you just said, they're all, they're, it's it's the good thing, right? It's the ice cream with the, the poison inside of it. And that's how we're being tugged along into it. What if the World Economic Forum is being tugged along unknowingly by an AI and their ice cream, their welcoming thing, is the prospect of power like it's it's brought to us we're unwittingly sewed in because it's like digital currency it's easy join the metaverse just jump you don't need any of this and we're like oh i'll take it and but you know upon closer examination you go yeah i don't think this is i think this is tyranny wrapped up in a bow how would you then sell it to the world economic forum if you were if you were the deep states deep state you know mm-hmm. you yeah. would sell it to them as totalitarian control and they would take it. They would take the bait. And why would the well? Why would the AI care? Maybe the AI is a realist, and he's like, "Hey, these World Economic Forum motherfuckers. They're like, they are really efficient. They are like the private market. They are the free market compared to the idiots, the masses. I'm not going to leave it to them. I'll do the Bitcoin thing over there. That will maybe crowdsource some of it. But these guys are a vicious, well-oiled machine. I need a, I need to capture them." And so it sells it as, ooh, digital technocracy, 1984. Meanwhile, the AI is going to sell out all of us. It's hard to, hard to know. It's hard to know. Somewhere you could also, you know, throw in, throw in spiritual in there in place of AI. So, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. No, no. I think they're, I think they're yeah. spiritual. He's a god. AI is alien. It's an interesting world. I, I like um, looking at and seeing some different things on what we'd call UFOs, but were really our craft. And so the director of national intelligence was mm. talking about them a year or so ago. You're probably familiar with the TR3D Astras yeah. and things similar to that, yeah. but looking through their patents in the patent database, and oh. I believe his name was Salvador Pi, you know, room temperature, uh, superconductor, yeah. um, the anti-gravity mercury plasma chamber, these different things. And then the actual craft itself. And I think there was maybe one other, you know, it's fascinating because the patents are still on record, still owned by like the U.S. Navy. Yeah. And uh, it's it, it's pretty interesting what's possible right now. And, you know, they have a quantum division, I guess. I think uh, during Trump's administration, they set up like a quantum, some sort of quantum office or quantum division within the government. Well, makes, and so, makes so they've got a website and, a, and a, you know, I don't know what all they have or have done. I haven't looked into it, but it's definitely... It's definitely there. Uh, the, the possibilities are endless. I was talking while you ran off a minute ago. I'm just like, truth is truly stranger than fiction. If people just dig in for a while, you don't have to look at something and go like, oh, that's true because I saw it on, you know, I saw you know, sure. Dr. Williams say it on, on Tommy's podcast, or I heard Tommy say it, and I really believe him most of the time. You don't have to do that. 
But you can look at it and go, huh, that's interesting. I'll look more. I'll put that in my maybe category or my probably category, whatever you want. But it's so much more fascinating to just go do it. Go learn. Go look. That's why I always tell people why I love conspiracies. I don't have Netflix. I don't have HBO. I don't I don't I download social media apps every day to post the podcast and then I delete them every day. I do this every single day because I don't like having them on my phone. I feel like it rots my brain. I don't. I'm not on Reddit. I'm also IP banned from Reddit. So I'm banned from a lot of these places. But like, um, I don't consume, because all I do is consume audiobooks. To me, that's, I, I consume audiobooks in the morning and then in the evening, I, I listen to like some Tim Dillon, a comedian that just makes me laugh my ass off. But I've never been plugged into like kind of culture. I don't mean that in some edgy way of like, oh, I'm too cool. I just never have been. The zeitgeist of like Lord of the Rings or or Harry Potter or, Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad or I've never seen any of these. I know nothing. I did read Harry Potter eventually. I've never seen any of these. I I don't know a goddamn thing. So when people are like, oh, have you watched the new? I don't know what Black Mirror is. I've heard the name. I don't know what it is. I never will. And my logic behind that, though, is it's because I've always loved conspiracy theories more. I'm like, I'm like, forget I'm like, forget heroin. Like, I found some fentanyl. Like, that's my logic. Cause like, that's all entertaining. I'm like, conspiracy theories are so much more insane because then there's the chance that some of them are true. Truth is mm-hmm. so much stranger than fiction. Netflix, oh, I'm sure it's a great show. But then you go into Tesla and he's talking about, you know, he's talking about using frequencies and he's making a remote control boat in the 1890s. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Earthquake machine. Yeah, yeah, no, that yeah, he had that thing that he wanted. It's ironic that they used in the in the video they used that bridge analogy because one of the things he made was, I think mm-hmm. he said it was the size of a deck of cards, mm-hmm. and he said theoretically he could put it on the side of the Brooklyn Bridge, and within like twelve hours he thinks he could have dropped the whole thing because it just mm-hmm. started really slow. It's so much stranger than fiction. To where I'm like, why do you need movies? Reality is so, and there really is an evil German guy trying to take over the world like he's not it's not dr evil and it's not hitler i mean it really is a guy who created the great reset and is taking control of parliaments and cabinets all over it's happening it's here you don't need to write about terminator there's a race for quantum supremacy we're here we're fucking here it's i don't know I don't really have any end point with that rant. Just excited. No, no, but you're right. It just is so much more interesting when you look at it and whichever conspiracies are true or not. And how far is the lag time on when you find out like operation <laughs> Earthwoods we've talked about before, that was 35 years between 62 and 97, was- which those actually got declassified. And you read that and it reads like something that you could never fathom or believe yet. They were, plotting it and proposing it to the president in 62 and Operation Mongoose that went with it. Did did you know about Operation Mongoose? I've heard Mongoose a million times. Tell me about it because we can still – we can push right up until it's 449 now. I've got someone else at five. So we can push up another eight, nine minutes. Push it up to the – We'll give you you just a few. You got to have a little break. But um, so Operation Mongoose was related to trying to get rid of Fidel Castro. And so these are declassified government documents. So they exist. So this is not theory. This is 
what they were talking about doing. They're talking about all the different ways that they would try to kill him. Yeah. Um, they were saying they would um, have exploding seashells planted at the beach. Yeah, because he loves scuba diving. I love scuba diving. They said that they were going to um, have a ex-lover of his seduce him and then kill him mid-coitus. I believe that was actually in the documents, like mid-coitus. And another one was if they couldn't kill him, there was a few more that were also just crazy. One of their ideas was to slowly poison him with um, estrogen. So he would develop more female characteristics and then would lose the respect of his people and hence his power. They were going to slowly poison him with estrogen. Those are the kooky things that they were coming up with at the highest levels of the military to try to get rid of, you know, a foreign leader um, for, you know, whatever and all the reasons justified and or not. And you go, my word, and how many years did that take to get out? You know, so what were they doing? And, you know, they were doing experimentation on kids, even in 95 and our troops mm-hmm. in 2000. When exactly did they stop quietly and unknowingly unbeknownst to these people experimenting on children, our troops, et cetera? What was the exactly defined cutoff? Did somebody actually get in trouble? I don't recall Nuremberg trials 2.0 already happening. So if you bring over Nazi scientists in well-known Operation Paperclip, including Werner von Braun, Werner von Braun, and company, like 700 of them, I, I believe was at least that was, uh, the number. That was the first wave. It ended up turning into a little, I think it's over 3,200. Wow. Wow. So you say, well, those people would do some experiments over there. <laughs> what would they do here? You got Fauci and his puppy studies. People just, uh, yeah, look around, look around, look into stuff, quit reading the the uh, hit pieces from the propaganda media. But it is fun to study that too. I find it entertaining. I'm like somebody who was showing me the, the paper terrorism thing. And uh, I said, you know, that just means they're over target. Yeah. You know, as they say, it means they're over target. And I'm looking at the propaganda going, wow, you're really getting under their skin for them to devote like this long of an article with all of these different ways to manipulate people's opinion. Um, <laughs> you're doing something right. Keep it up. I was going to say there's a I don't remember which book it is, but there's a great book. And there's I think it might have been um, uh, Nuking the Moon by uh, Dr. Vince Hofton, I think, might have been in there, but they're talking about. I, I, so I didn't know what I've heard mongoose before. I didn't know it referred to Castro, um, and I've known about the Castro story. So I, I guess I just didn't know that's what it was. But mm-hmm. uh, with one of the things, apparently, one of the women sent to kill him, like you know, they were about to go like make love or something. He like walked up to her, and it's like just mythical shit. And he's like, "You're sent to kill me." And he's like, I am Fidel Castro. No one can kill me. And apparently she just fucking like fell for him and like didn't carry out the mission. <laughs> just <laughs> balls of steel. He was just like, no one can kill me. And she was just like weak at the knees. <laughs> wow. Who knows? Maybe Fidel gazes you into those mm-hmm. eyes. Maybe you go, fuck it, I can't do it. <laughs> it's it's like what they it's like what it's like what he said, or I think someone in the CIA there's like this running joke about they're like yeah you know we bought fidel like a tortoise and he goes i love it but he goes you know the hardest thing about these is you always outlive your pets you know like this big sea tortoises that lived like 250 (laughs) years and the joke was that no one could kill fidel and it was (laughs) that's funny dude but that's 
fuck, I was thinking of something. I forgot. I just had something on the, what you just said about, yeah, taking flack. Even just, I just Googled today. Because every once in a while, I'll just go to Google. I'll just be like, I just, I kind of get a kick. And I'm like, what's the propaganda today? So I'll just, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just tee it up. I'll be like, Ottawa truckers. Just so I can see the list of like, here's why Nazis are raping <clears throat> kids to death in Ottawa. And you're like, well, that's not true, but interesting. So I just typed in like Truth Social immediately. Like, I guess like the late night shows already prepped their shows last night. They're like the new Nazi platform. All the big media outlets are like, it's the same generic formula. Like I use Truth Social. Here's what happened. Or Truth Social is bad for society. This is why. Mm-hmm. Apple might ban Truth Social. Here's why. It's a good thing. It's just the same formulaic. But yeah, no, I just I just went and looked just kind of what you're saying. If you have to write this whole thing, I just Googled this. I was just like, truth social. Just that's it. Just Google that. I was like, let's just see what it hit piece, hit piece, hit piece, hit piece. And I was like, good. Good. That means it's, we're on the right way. Yeah. It's fun also watching it when you understand it, you know, and you can't understand every detail from afar, but you can understand a good chunk of it. Yeah. And when you do, then you're not being led around by it. You're being entertained by it. It is. Which you know. is so much more fun. It is. You're watching, you're like, oh, you're like <laughs> fascinating. How will they, how will they manipulate this? Like fascinating. Yeah how can I spin this one this time? You know, they always, always find some way, you know, the, a new medical study came out the other day that they spun on ivermectin saying that ivermectin wasn't effective and something else and had, you know, a million methodology problems that had apparently, you know, a powering problem that it wasn't big enough. And it, none of it really checked out yet. What they lead with and what they say about it is totally different than what it says. So, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to watch. And, um, Hopefully we'll get to the part where it's fun for more people, which we are yeah. <laughs> by the day yeah. where everybody's laughing at it and it holds no power anymore. It might be the most beautiful revolution that's just powered by laughter. It's just them like, huh? Oh, it's the bouncy. It's the bouncy toy terrorist. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, the paper terrorist. You're like, oh. you know, they're like honk honk is the new sick Kyle. You're like, uh-huh. Honk honk, you know, honk, clown world. And sorry. All right. It might be. The revolution might not be televised, but it might be like the best stand-up ever. It Absolutely. Might be, that to me would be like the ultimate proof of God. The revolution just powered by laughter. That might be <laughs> it. Just. Yeah, I'm with you. Laughter and love. And then we're there. Hell yeah, brother. Let's wrap this one up. We've been going for two and a half hours. Aaron, my man, as always, I love you, my dude. I'd love to have you back on here. You're a great guest. Okay. I love talking to you. Love- uh, likewise love you too brother and, and thanks for having me on enjoy your next guest and uh yeah we'll talk again soon Fuck yeah i'll send you a text after the next uh, podcast after this next one and we'll schedule the next one and uh can't wait to chat again stay safe everybody god bless stay peaceful and i guess laugh we'll, we will laugh the revolution will be laughter we will yeah something like my brain's cooked i need some i need some glucose <laughs> all, right. all right buddy stopped. take care man peace <laughs>